Wake up, wake up. It's the playoffs after all. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, great to have you here. 49ers fans, we're through it, through the regular season, and now the real fun begins. How are you, Larry? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It was a quick turnaround from last night to tonight. Had the game, had the post game, had the drive home, had the rewatch. Um, but you know what? I'm feeling good. Watch the end of Bill's uh, Dolphins. I'm ready for the playoffs, ready to break it all down. And uh, more importantly, the Niners are ready for what we're hoping is a run to the sixth Lombardi. Look, before we get to concerns, kicking concerns, uh, before we get to the facts of, of yesterday's game and sort of recap the entirety of the regular season, which if you don't mind me saying, was pretty darn spectacular. I like, I hope everyone enjoyed the ride to this point because you're at the starting point that you can only imagine to be at, you know, all you want out of a regular season is get to the playoffs, be a one seed, be as healthy as you can. And I really do think that the Niners got all of that going for them, Larry, and that trumps everything. Like whatever minor concerns you have, they're the concerns that every football team comes up with as they're preparing for a journey through a postseason. But regular season's all about positioning. And then the luck of the regular season hopefully doesn't leave you in a position where your team is so injured that you're not quite who you want to be when the real curtain goes up on that second season. And I think the 49ers are just as ready for their close-up as they have been in the entirety of the Kyle Shanahan era. Um, you know, it, it there's there's you know, you can talk about all the the personnel and the scheme and how it all fits together and who's in shape and who's out of shape. It really comes down to, you know, the one thing that we never like to address, which is there's a little bit of luck and good fortune involved in these seasons that, you know, the 49ers one year had 20 plus guys on the IR and we saw green Bay win a super bowl that way, but it's awfully hard to do. And um, your depth is tested in every season, no matter what. And the 49ers have gotten to this point, um, knock on wood, relatively healthy, and um, they're ready to roll. I mean, they've they've got the number one seed. The road to the Super Bowl comes through their house. Um, the NFC does not look like it's a vintage year for the team, the contenders in this in this uh, NFC this year. But we shall see. You know, uh, the matchups are now set. We know who's going to play who. 49ers do not know their opponent yet, but they've got the rest that they wanted. Uh, yesterday, they rested. They sat seven guys, and then um, as the anthem was playing, they sat two more, George Kittle and Trey Greenlaw. To me, that was the best move of the day because those guys are indispensable, and Shanahan realizes it and sat them down with injuries. So I love it because you know what? Those were the two guys I worried the most about yesterday as I was driving down there. I'm like, George Kittle only knows one way to play. Dre Greenlaw only knows one way to play. It's all out. And um, and it's it's bring it on. I'm gonna be more physical than you. And they saved them from themselves yesterday. So I, I think they're in a perfect spot at this point. I don't think you could outside of you know an absolutely perfect health situation which nobody has or you know a kicker who was absolutely trustworthy which they clearly don't have uh the 49ers are in a good spot right now and feeling good and should they should, they should be feeling good about their spot right now again they've earned this luxury that is the bye week 
Uh, Sunday was a little bit of a, even though it really isn't a bye week, it's as much of a bye week as you can get out of a week 18 game. The one surprise start, Larry, I really thought that Trent Williams was on that do not play list. Well, he was on the do not play for more than one series list. He got right out of there after the Niners went down and scored on yet another opening drive. And we'll address that when we get to just the facts. But let's start out with what the mission statement of this team and what this show really needs to be focused on because, you know, I've heard people, you know, call us excuse makers. We're not excuse makers. We're reasonable people trying to examine why things happen. And sometimes excusing why things happen is part of hosting a show. I think this happened because that happened. And is, does that make it right? No, it doesn't, but it's what happened. So you can deal in reality or can just deal in emotions. This is a show that deals in reality. Well, here's the reality for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. It really is Super Bowl or bust. You know, we spent this entire season not talking about the Super Bowl because I don't want to pump that, you know, lever. I don't want to pull on it until it's actually time to pull on it. Now is the time. And here it is. And Larry, I don't want to say it's now or never because never's a really long time, but the Niners will never be more set up to go and be successful in a postseason than they are right now. And I really do believe that the next three games for Kyle Shanahan, if he is able to coach all three games because he's won and then won again, and now you're in the Super Bowl, this is the biggest three, four weeks, month of his entire career. I really believe that. And if Kyle looks older at the end of this month than he does today, he should, because this should be the biggest amount of stress and pressure that you can find as an NFL head coach. The Niners have a mandate, and it's really not even from their fans. It's from themselves. It's time to win a Super Bowl. No doubt. No doubt. And when they got there in 2019, you know, the Miami Super Bowl, which they lost to the Chiefs, um, they, at that point, were a little bit ahead of schedule. They're not ahead of schedule any longer. Um, You know, and there's some urgency. And I've noticed it. I've talked about it all year. Uh, I was noticeable from minicamp on that there's a determination, there's a focus, there's an angst, there's an uneasiness. Um, There's not a lot of smiling going on down in Santa Clara. Um, There's a lot of, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. And that goes from every executive to every coach to every player. And, um, you know, uh, maybe even almost to an unhealthy level, but that's the level of determination they want. Um, or they have, I should say. I mean, this is a franchise that um, gauges themselves and measures themselves against Super Bowls. And, and how many Super Bowls do you win? Not, not, not how many NFC Championship games, not how many Super Bowl appearances, how many rings do you have? That simple. That's why Lynch came here and gave up a ton of family time. John Lynch had a very good life in the booth. He's making millions of dollars a year. He's got a family that he loves, uh, and yet he you know, said, you know what? I want to get more into this competitive endeavor. I'm going to spend less time with my family and more time on this, and it's all because he wants that ring. He, he got it as a player. He wants it as an executive. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, Jed York will be made men in their worlds if they get the Super Bowl, and there will be a massive void if they don't and every guy that's what they all have in common that's what links them together jed has got more money than he'll ever need and he's been 
you know, after the building of that stadium, he's been celebrated in the business world, but he hasn't been celebrated the way that Eddie D was celebrated. Why? Eddie brought Super Bowls. Jed has not. John hasn't brought a Super Bowl as an executive. Uh, he wants it badly. Kyle Shanahan has the label right now that Andy Reid used to wear. The best coach in the NFL <clears throat> who's never won a Super Bowl. And that that wears on you. You already said, is this Super Bowl or bust? Nobody wanted to admit that because it's a truly, um, you know, elation or devastation path. Um, and it also makes you seem like you can't enjoy the ride and that you're somehow dysfunctional. But really, if you're going to get it done and, you know, these t there's so many people in this league who strive for this at such a high level and put so much into it that I don't know that you can go through a very healthy approach to things and get it done. I think you have to be maniacal. I think you have to be singularly focused. I think you have to be driven beyond belief. And um, I think their, their, ba their balance as people has hurt them in the past. This year, they're like, you know what? Heck with all that. If we don't win, it's failure. If we do win, it's success. And there should be no ambiguity to any of it. Well, it's the thing. This isn't the, 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 the Houston Texans. Which are, you know, the, uh, there's a team playing with house money. No one expected him to be here this early. They're Detroit. young, first-year head coach. Fantastic story. If it ends right here, right now, everyone walks home happy. Uh, you know, not that the Packers are just happy with playoff appearances, but, hey, Jordan Love was a big question mark right up until about, like, a month and a half ago. And now he's much less of a question mark. And I think the Packers are playing with a little house money. The Lions are definitely... You know, they're not just happy to be here, but they're elated to matter again. But I don't think they're being judged nearly on the harsh scale of what we are looking at the 49ers. And again, what have you done? How did you get here? Who who, who have you been up to this point? And the Niners, more than any other team in football, have been knocking on this door for years now. For years now. Kyle is a win away from his third straight NFC title game in fourth and five years, for goodness sakes. So if that isn't standing on the doorstep of greatness without being completely let in, I don't know what is. So this is just, this is it. This is the pressure cooker. This is the ultimate blender that you can be put in as a professional athlete because no nobody brings them to the stands quite like an NFL game and quite like the NFL's postseason. The entire world is going to be watching this, and it starts with a wild card weekend. Larry, you and I will get into the matchups. We'll do a little profile of each team and who we think they are and where they stand in the pecking order, but let's get back to why we're all here to look at what the 49ers just did in their last game. Sunday was a loss, 21-20 to the LA Rams. Thank God that that game didn't go into overtime. And judging the game, Larry, only on the flow of the game, that is exactly what both head coaches wanted. It really was. Now, it was exactly what the Niners wanted in the first half, and then they did not have a good second half. And it was the Reverse of that for the Rams, who did not have a very good first half and had a much better second half where the teams took turns dominating time of possession. The teams took turns 
showcasing a backup quarterback for the good of the backup quarterback and for the good of these coaches' reputations and for the good of the franchises being destination places. Hey, you want to send your players here. We're going to take care of them. And when it's time to put a good spotlight on them, we will do that. You know, players talk, agents talk. And I guarantee you a lot of players and agents were talking about how, you know, man, Shanahan and McVay yesterday had a couple of quarterbacks that the league is essentially in one way or another given up on and Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. And they they absolutely took those guys out of the bubble wrap and let them play to the extent that you can let those guys play. Um, I, I, I do think both coaches had the right approach to yesterday's game and had to have been you know, happy with long drives and sustained drives and a semblance of their offenses being able to be seen at times. I, you know, even though the 49ers lost the game that didn't matter, I, I thought it was one of best Kyle's best opening game plans of the entire year, given the circumstances. Well, and I, you know, it's like there, how many things can you take away? Why don't we start with Darnold for a second? Um, <clears throat> I think that that Darnold was Darnold. You know, you, you, you are what you are. You play the way you play. Sam Darnold, you know, we've debated this all season. People were like, well, what is Sam Darnold? People were like, well, he's got a great arm, and, man, he throws the ball well. And other people are like, you know what? He, he sucks. He's a, he doesn't complete a high enough percentage of his passes. He doesn't win games. He turns it over, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? We're all right. You know, it's like the United Way. We're all winners. Uh, we're all right. Uh, Sam Darnold did, does throw it great and does have moments where you're like, wow, look at Sam Darnold. And he had a great first half. He completed 74% of his passes with a great quarterback rating, and they and they built themselves a 20-7 to lead. And then Sam Darnold, the actual Sam Darnold, um, you know, showed himself as well in the second half where he barely could complete a pass, and he finished 16 of 26. And I think that's 62% completion percentage. And then you go to his football card and you say, well, what's his career completion percentage? It's 59.7. So 59.7, put it on the Niners with their weapons and their talent. Uh, it adds to 62%. And Sam Darnold's got over 100 turnovers in, in his NFL career. And what happened at the end? He turned it over. And what happened at the end? They lost the game. And it's just like, I'm not, I'm not down on Sam Darnold or anything, but, you know, let's just stop pretending that these guys are more than what they are. They are what they are. You play the way you play. You know, Brock Purdy completes 67 to 70% of his passes and wins a lot of games. Sam Darnold completes 59 to 62% of his passes, turns it over more than he throws than he doesn't and loses games. Sometimes close games, sometimes big. That's what we saw. I mean, um, you know, I mean, uh, that's and that's what Sam is. So I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, I also thought it was interesting to see some of the young players. You know, Jordan Mason again ran for six yards a carry and only got six carries. And you get in your car and you drive home going, I wonder what Jordan Mason would look like if he got, I don't know. 15 or 20 carries would he still average six yards a carry would he still you know be a player I mean he, I thought Mason was really impressive yesterday as a receiver he caught a nice ball for 12 yards as a runner he had six carries for 36 yards along of 16 so um 
you know, there were we got a chance to see basically everything you wanted to see. You wanted to avoid serious injury for the most part. They did. You wanted to, you know, somehow get a little rhythm going. You did that. You wanted to win the game. They didn't do that. You wanted to take a look at some young players. You did do that. Um, you know, I mean, basically most of the boxes were checked for the 49ers yesterday. And you get out despite the victory. You get out healthy despite, uh, what, a little banged up knee to Cleveland Farrell. But, Larry, you spoke with him in the locker room, and you said that there, yeah. there's not a lot of concern on your part there. No. I mean, I, I walked up to Clee and I said, hey, man, how's the knee? And, and uh and how was the play? And he's like, it was a non-contact thing. And it just kind of, it kind of, you know, had a, had a funny feeling on it. And I kind of motioned over the sideline and they quickly were like, come out, come out, come out. Uh, they didn't want me to walk on it. So they carted him back to the locker room. And um, I said, if that had been the Super Bowl, you know, he's like, man, they would have had to drag me out. <laughs> you know, it's mm -hmm. like, so he, he would have played and continued to play. Um, it was precautionary to take him out of the game. I'm not saying that there's no injury. The injury is legitimate, but I don't think it's a torn ACL. I don't think it's a torn MCL. Uh, they'll do the MRI today, and we'll get a more uh, concrete evaluation of where he's at. Um, I did talk to him about Robert Beal. He said he was very impressed by the young defensive end, and he said, hey, you know what? Robert Beal may have to step up for a week or two. So it sounds to me like it's not a career ender, but it's, it, it, you know, there's a chance he doesn't go in that first first uh, divisional round playoff game and they'll play it from there. But we'll we'll have to see what the MRI says, because, you know, sometimes guys feel one way, but the MRI indicates something else. But, yeah, he, based on our dialogue, I would say Cleve felt like he could have stayed in the game. That's good. Well, that, that means his season's not over then because you don't you don't give off that vibe like I could have kept playing if you have some real structural damage to your knee and a player knows right away when that happens. So uh, good news on that front. And, you know, Larry, you're right about Sam Darnold kind of is who he was advertised to be moments of this looks really good. Other moments of, OK, now I know why you're a backup quarterback and that might be the path for you going forward. I don't know if the NFL is just going to throw open its doors and say, here's our bridge quarterback. We're going to bring in Sam Darnold to get us to our next search for a franchise guy, or maybe he does fit that bill somewhere. But I thought that Carson Wentz was really the surprise of the afternoon because Carson Wentz has been a long forgotten about easily discredited. Nobody believes in him any more level of quarterback after for a minute, there, looking like he was going to lead the Eagles into their, you know, their, their era of greatness. You know, I mean, he really burst onto the scene, looked like an MVP candidate. I don't think this guy's ever lost to the 49ers or no, no, no yeah. No one calculated that when we were thinking about this game, because nobody even thought Carson Wentz was on the Rams until you look, Oh yeah, they signed him like a month ago. So here he is. And he kind of looked like Carson Wentz at times. Big arm, can absolutely throw a dart, a laser, tight window throws. Uh, he can also have balls get away from him. He was the leading rusher, not just for the Rams, but in the game, he carried the ball 17 times for 56 yards. And I think on a number of those, Larry, he's just calling his own number thinking, I, I, I'm a big guy. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to pick up this first down. I don't give a shit. I got nothing to lose. I'm playing I'm I'm playing backyard football today. And it was good enough to get the Rams into the win column. 
I love this kid. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on with his career, but um, I've always liked him. Um, as I said, he's four zero against the 49ers. He's played. He started now. This is it was his ninety third uh, NFL start. Um, he's beat him in Philly twice. He beat him in Indy during the atmospheric river game, if you remember that. And then he beat him yesterday. And to me, the surprise of the day was how often and how well he ran. He's not that great of a runner, but he picked his spots. He played with urgency. It's funny. We asked Shanahan about him. Um, I remember going into that Indianapolis game and Shanahan was clearly a fan. And, um, you know, Wentz, Wentz, I think is, is a, is, is a decent NFL quarterback. I mean, I, I, I have a little bit more, um, belief as you can tell in Wentz than I do in Darnold. Um, though in a lot of ways, they're very similar. Um, you know, Wentz is six, five, two thirty, throws the ball. Well, moves pretty well. Darnold is the same. Uh, Wentz was the second pick in the draft in, in the 2016 draft behind Jared Goff. And as you said, had this mercurial, you know, start to his career. And now it's like, he's been left for dead, but, um, He's not bad. He's not bad. And as far as backups go, that's a great backup quarterback. I mean, uh, let's be honest. I mean, how many teams in the league have a better backup quarterback than Carson Wentz? Right. No, not many. That's for sure. Um, you know, Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz should absolutely go out for a drink together when the year is over, right? I mean, like two guys that the NFL basically decided, you know, even though they had degrees of success, we're moving on. We're just not interested anymore. We'd rather see what other guys have than what these guys have left. And Joe Flacco is absolutely sitting in position to where, yeah, the Cleveland Browns could be one and done, or they could go win the Super Bowl. Who the hell knows? And Carson Wentz, I think, certainly, you know, reappeared as an NFL entity yesterday. And I don't think that he's going to have that, you know, sad picture from this offseason where he's wearing a combination of all of his old different uniforms, basically saying, hey, co somebody come get me. I'm available. I've got all this gear. I got Eagles gear. I got I got I got Indianapolis gear. I got I got commander's gear. Uh, somebody come and 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 love me again. I, I think he will get some interest based on the way that he played. Um, and yeah, should, should something happen to Stafford, they got a decent backup quarterback and look for a minute there, should something happen to Brock Purdy? I mean, let's be totally honest. All hope would feel like it would go out of the balloon in that moment alone. But Darnold, he did complete his first six passes yesterday, Larry. And when he was, you know, on, on the good foot at times, it looked pretty good. I thought that that was an impressive opening drive. He hit Ayuk on a tight throw on like a three-quarter arm arm angle. Uh, he showed off his legs on a couple of runs. Shanahan called three QB keepers on the same drive. Uh, he didn't get the first down on the first two, but it looked like he moved the pile a little bit. He's a big guy on third and four near the gold line. He did a really good job of escaping the pocket with a spinaway move. He avoided a sack uh, that... Uh, that play got, you know, rendered didn't matter because there was defensive holding in the end zone. Uh, Guy Haberman, Guy Haberman even shared a video where he thinks that Darnold uncorked a no look pass in the game. The pass that went to uh, to Mason uh, was that a was that a, a a Patrick Mahomes no looker from from Sam Darnold. I, I think Guy Haberman has provided some video evidence of a no look pass out of Sam Darnold. He threw that dart to Ronnie Bell in the end zone. So good moments. And then again, the backbreaking can't do that in the biggest drive of the game moment where he fumbles the ball away because he loses it. 
on a helmet behind him. I mean, it was a little bit of a freak fumble, but freak fumbles have defined him as an NFL starter and as a quarterback. So you do, you were right. You, you, we, we got kind of what we thought we would get. It'll be great to see Brock Purdy take back over a week from now when the playoffs start for real, Larry, let's get to the, you know, the gorilla in the room that is Jake Moody's misses. It feels like they're, you know, Niners fans, they love something to panic about. And he has certainly given them something to be concerned and panicked about, but I don't think it's as big of a panic button as being pushed by the Niners and Niners fans. I I think he's a good kicker who had a bad day. I think he's a good kicker. I think he's got stats and data that back up the fact that he's a good kicker. But unfortunately, this good kicker is definitely at the epicenter of two regular season losses where had he hit his kicks, you're not losing those games. He blew the game in Cleveland. And yesterday in a one point game, he left four points on the field. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that Jake Moody is a bust, as some people were saying, but he's a liability and he's a point of concern and he's unproven until he proves himself in the playoffs. He was a good college kicker. Um, you know, he was his nickname was Money. Uh, I've talked to him. He's a solid kid. He's not like some he's not squirrely and running around and, you know, he, he's he's solid. But um, let's not mistake this for, I mean, anybody who says that with, with you know, definitive, you know, this guy is good. I, what is, what's that based on? He's 27th. The Niners are 27th in the NFL in field goal attempts. They're not using him. You know, if you think he's good, it's just because you think, well, they just don't want, they, they, they haven't gotten burned a lot. They haven't gotten burned a lot because of Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, if this were Jimmy Garoppolo quarterbacking this team, they would have missed out on many key third down passes. They would have leaned on their kicker much more, and we would know more definitively about Jake Moody. The real thing that we were robbed of yesterday, which would have made the day complete, would have been if Darnold could have made two or three more first downs, and we could have saw if Jake Moody had the mental, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, the, 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 uh, ability to bounce back, you know, how, um, you know, if he could have shown that he would bounce back in that situation and make about bounce back ability, Larry bounce back ability is the technical. Yeah, uh, and there's another word for it, but that's early in the morning. Um, you know, I'm just saying he, he, we would have gotten a chance to see in the middle of a bad game where he missed a PAT, missed a 38 yard field goal, which in the NFL, nobody misses a 38 yard field goal. Nobody misses a 41 yard field goal. Guys stripe 55 yard field goals down the middle. Like it's like it's having a cup of coffee. I mean, it's, it's nothing to find a kicker. Brandon Aubrey hasn't missed a kick all year for Dallas. Um, I'll say a couple things on this. We don't know what he is. I would have liked to seen if he had the ability to bounce back in that situation. You know, it's just like, it's just kind of like how, what, how do you look at life? You know, are you optimistic by nature? If you're optimistic by nature, you're going to be like, you know what? Jake Moody's fine. He'll be fine. If you're pessimistic by nature or worried by nature, you're like, Hey, get him the hell out of there. Call Robbie gold. By the um, way, let's just can we, can really we more about us right than here? about him. Can we cut this off right here? Robbie Gold's retired. There is no calling Robbie Gold. 
There's no, 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 I disagree. Robbie Gold is retired as of like three weeks ago, and he's sitting on his couch, and he's never missed in the playoffs, and he's a phone call away if you want him. That's reality. What if Jake Moody walked out of his out of his house today and got into a car accident? What would they do? They would call Robbie Gold, whether he's retired or not. So it's all about, we're not really talking about, well, they can't go to Robbie. No, no, they absolutely can go to Robbie. It's just a matter of feelings and how do they want to play their hand of cards. Now, Shanahan was asked about it in the post game, and he said, no, 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 we're, we're happy with Robbie. He's made a lot of kicks. That's so it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like they're going down that road, Damon. But you know, and I know, you know, Shanahan's reaction to the question about him missing. He's like, yeah, well, you know, that's the job, man. You got to kind of make the kicks, and he missed the two kicks. And guess what happens? They're going to go with him in the playoff game. But if in the playoff game um, he misses a couple more kicks, they're not going to be going with him, are they? That's my feeling. I mean, it, look at it this way. Do you know that Robbie Gold is waiting for that phone to ring? Has anybody rang Robbie Gold's phone? He hasn't been on an NFL roster. I don't know the last time he's been. Tried out in November for the Giants with four veteran kickers and and didn't make it or didn't wasn't. I think they went with Graham Gano or whoever they went with, but he did try out for the New York Giants in November. He has a niche. He has retired, um, and he is you know a guy who kicked eighteen years in the league. So, yeah, if you go to Robbie Gold, you better be damn sure that he can do the job. But all I'm saying is, you know, the 49ers are a no excuses, this is it, got to have it kind of a team this year. If they wind up, you know, two weeks from now in a playoff game and they somehow see again that, that Jake Moody can't handle it and they somehow find a way to win anyway, I think we're going to be having this conversation again. Maybe, but I mean, if, if we're talking about, you know, rest versus rust or anything like that, how much rust does Robbie Gold have on him? You know, there's yeah. a reason why they didn't have Robbie uh, attempt a lot of 50-yard field goals is because he can't make them. I mean, he doesn't have the leg anymore. So you're giving up an awful lot of distance to bring in a guy who, yeah, has never missed a field goal. Again, never missed. A, Kyle's never won a big game until he does. Robbie's never missed a field goal in the postseason until he does. And- but you know the way this works, Damon. You get into the playoffs against a Ravens or one of these teams that has a good defense, and suddenly you don't just score touchdowns in the red zone. You get to first and goal from the five, and there's a negative play, and now you're looking at fourth and goal from the 18. Well, what do you do on fourth and goal from the 18? You got to kick the field goal, and you got to make the field goal, or you're going to wind up losing the game. Right. And and that's their that's the spot they could be in. If they don't have him on a private plane being flown to Santa Clara today, I just don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think like that ship has sailed. And I, I, I think you're probably think, right. I also think that this team doesn't want to walk up to a third round draft pick and annihilate his confidence a week before the playoffs start. You know who's never also uh you know, I say what you want. Um Jake Moody's never missed a postseason field goal. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah, but Damon, here's the thing. And, and you know, here's 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 the uh, the soft side of the Niner fan base. I saw people yesterday on Twitter saying this. Well, you know, it was a cold day. It's California for crying out loud. It was a little windy. Did you see the Patriot game yesterday? Right. This is the weather in January. 
Now, the road to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl's in a dome, and the road to the Super Bowl comes through Levi's. So there'll be no Green Bay this year. There'll be no snow games and that kind of thing. But this is January weather. You know, if you can't make a kick with no pressure in a Week 18 game, you can't make a PAT with no pressure in a January game that there's no pressure at home, how are you going to do from 48 with the season on the line? I mean, that's really the question. I mean, there was no pressure yesterday, and he missed both a PAT and a gimme field goal. All right. He's cost them two games. And, Damon, you can make an argument. The 49ers lost two games this year because Jake Moody could not make totally makeable kicks. Not not long kicks, makeable kicks. That's not revisionist history. That happened. I agree with you. You'd also have to agree with this. Up until that point after touchdown that he missed yesterday, he had set the NFL record before they had even moved the point after touchdown back for consecutive point after touchdowns made in a rookie season. He had hit, what, 60 in a row or whatever the number was. And he hadn't missed a field goal since October 23rd against the Minnesota Vikings until yesterday. I mean, I'll I'll say this. I think there's some recency bias that is attached to this overwhelming concern that is, oh, no, we got the wrong guy. This is going to sound crazy. Roll along with me. Had he hit the field goal, had he not pushed it right, there's not a single discussion of Robbie Gold needs to be added to this football team right now. Of course. Of course. But if my mother had, you know what, she would be my father. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, it's like we can play that game forever. Right. But I, I, I understand where you're, you know, we're, you know we're having the same conversation that everybody's having. You know, this conversation, you know, you and I have had a lot of high level conversations, but this isn't one of them. We're, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, w- this is the same conversation that is being had everywhere. The bottom line is you can make your points. I can make mine. When the conversation's done and we're done flapping our gums, the, the the reality is the same. It's a concern. Yes. And and with the 49ers, because of how good they are in every phase, it's a primary concern. That's all. Yeah. No, I think the three glaring that could haunt you is guard-to-guard protection, the kicker, and the return game. Those are the three incompletes. Now, hopefully... Uh, the offensive line answers the bell and plays better, and that takes care of that. Hopefully, uh, we see Brandon Ayuk and Debo installed on a, a special teams to a point where we're not worried about Ray Ray or Ronnie Bell making a mistake, and, and that takes care of that. There's no real way to take care of the kicker unless you make a change, which I just do not see the 49ers. It's not in their DNA. It's not in, it's not in most football teams DNA to do that at the end of the year, to add someone now as a full-time replacement for a kid you drafted and has had statistically a pretty good year for a rookie kicker. I just, I don't think, I I, I think it's a sports talk radio segment more than it's a transaction. The 49ers are going to make. 
Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and True Blue, by the way, Jesse says 600 plus people, more like 900 plus people, only 139 likes. If you're one of the almost uh, 900 plus people in the room, uh, hit like, hit like and and boost the stream. And, and hopefully we can we can take this over a thousand this morning. Larry, so, they're, do, just, they're just looking at it at your your page over here. We're at uh, almost 200. So you put it together. We've got over a thousand people watching right now and we appreciate everyone and again welcome to niners wake up it's great to have you here please hit like subscribe memberships available to both channels and larry and i are going to be uh walking hand in hand hopefully with you through the super bowl uh you're going to get more wake up as we get deeper and deeper into the postseason this could go to uh not just mondays and fridays but maybe monday wednesday fridays and if the 49ers are truly in the Super Bowl, this could become a seven-day-of-the-week type of show because, you know, the world's leaning forward watching the Niners, and I do believe the world is discovering, hey, this this wake-up show is, is maybe the best show out there about the Niners. So we thank you very much for the support, and it's great to have you. And we'll let you know, um, not only are memberships available, if you really want to come in, a sponsorship is available. And we are still looking for a title sponsor. And uh, maybe that could be you, your company, we, no matter what your business is. Um, if it aligns with us, we have a price, price point that could possibly align with you and give you more exposure than any other show or, or certainly any radio station in this market can do um, for what we'd be asking. So think about that. Larry, I know you and I have been talking about, you know, we, we, we want to add a sponsor. It's a little late in the year to do it, but. Again, the the four the the massive audience is about to lean in more than ever. No doubt. I mean, you know, the whole the whole uh, football world is tilting on uh, on the Niners and the Ravens right now as the number one seeds, and and uh, there's going to be an awful lot of people talking football between now and a month from now. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, and of course, the Niners are never dull into the off season. Uh, they'll be armed with this year with a first round draft choice, and there'll be a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully, a Super Bowl championship to talk about. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to, there'll be a lot of traction and a lot of meat on the bone, and we'll probably continue this show uh, into the offseason as well. True Blue Forever Eva says uh, Moody nailed 84% of his kicks this year. Gold was a career 86.5% kicker. No, I get it. I understand. Um, here now, Rich Alexander says that you're wrong. Let's not focus on that. I don't know what Damon's necessarily wrong about. I would disagree with that, but he says, I've been concerned all year about Moody. He has never made a pressure kick. And I would say, I would kind of, if I had to agree with somebody, I might agree with Rich there. Um, can you think of the most pressure filled kick of the year for Moody? He missed in Cleveland. He missed the biggest one in Cleveland. And yes, was there a pressure kick all year? I yeah. mean, they're all pressure on some level, right? But I mean, was there a kick that you're like, man, they got to have this one and he made it? I no, it doesn't stand out as a it's now or never field goal. Got to have it field goal. And he does it. The biggest kick of the year, that Cleveland game, the straight up game winner. He missed it. There's no doubt. He missed that kick. 41 yards out too. Wasn't a 50 yarder. Yeah. And dude, he it's, he pushes things. It's right. It drifts, right? He's got a little, you know, that's not a hook. What is that? A slice is he pushes things to the right. I feel like, uh, 
You ever bring a little kid bowling and you see that their ball just, it drifts right. Right. You know, like can he, maybe that's the solution. Maybe we should ask Kyle. Should I ask him on Wednesday? Kyle, is there any chance for Jake's field goals that we could do bumpers? Well, that or a funnel, like a funnel. Could we move them over two planks? Could we just move them over two planks? If everything's going right, let's just start a little bit more to the left and we'll get more back down. I don't know. Maybe it's like a natural motion on his kick. I, I don't know, but he's not bad. Here's the thing. He's not a disaster. He's not a bust. He's not, oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted this kicker in what round? And look at who he is. And now he's out of the league immediately. You know, he's not one of those. Right. No, I know. He's not one of those. I've talked to him a couple times. He's solid, man. He's a solid guy. He's not squirrely. He's not nervous. He's not looking over his shoulder. He's relaxed. He's calm. But he is a rookie. And this is an awful lot riding on a rookie. And maybe this is not even a Jake Moody conversation as more as Dusty Gold's point here, Damon. He says special teams overall is a concern. Especially if you get into a game with the Baltimore Ravens again. Baltimore Ravens, you know, are maybe the best special teams team in the league. Um, You know, that's, that's John Harbaugh's background. And coaches personalities really do funnel through a locker room through strategy. And, and, and I think there are a ton of examples of that, by the way, in the NFL's postseason when we get to looking at it all, but look, yeah. I mean, what, what can we say about Jake Moody? That isn't as simple as this. Don't miss any more of your kicks, kid. That's it. Jake Moody. You will never be talked about as a guy who doesn't make his big kicks. If you just make your kicks going forward, that's it. You know, he, he, he's the guy who might miss the field goal until he doesn't. And then he's the guy who didn't miss the field goals. I will say this, you know, enough of this drafting kickers on day two of the draft, you know, let somebody else be the, the person who does the team that does that. I mean, you know, it just it the history shows that you can find kickers after the draft. You can find them in the seventh round. No more drafting kickers high. Right. I mean, Even come on. Sebastian Janikowski. You should have probably gotten another corner. And uh look at all Sebastian Janikowski was a capital G great kicker. He kicked for years and years and years. Didn't affect the Raiders' ability to compete or win games almost at all. It really didn't. You know, I mean, that's the thing. The team was so incomplete, but they had a great kicker. So what? You know, it 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 should be for for a directly affecting the scoreboard position on the team. It's one of the least important positions on the team or most replaceable or most guys standing in the line who can probably get the job done. But if at the same time, if it were all that easy, we wouldn't be talking about Jake Moody. Um, Look, it is somebody said pick up Morton Anderson. Look, it is unfortunate that Robbie decided he was kind of donezo with the Niners when they were still in their Super Bowl window here. But that's that's the way that that cookie. Well, wait a second. It's going back. Was he done with them or was he they done with him? Um, that's a fair question. But I you know for a fact, Larry, he never loved being a 49er the way that you love covering the Niners. Like it's just I interviewed him late goal. last year and he said he loved being a 49er. Told me that he is uh, never enjoyed his time more. Um, but he did he does live in Chicago. He right. does have three boys. Yeah. Um 
You it, know, he it, was it, living out of a hotel here. Yeah, if you're renting hotel rooms, that's all we need to know about how much you really love it. I mean, come on. Come well, on. but I mean, you know, I mean, it's like buying a home in Northern California is a major move, major commitment. Right, you're not putting down multi, roots. Multi, multi-millionaire. He's a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. He could have done yeah. everything you well, wanted. Well, but I'm not saying, he didn't, it wasn't like he was uh, staying at a friend's house with a duffel bag. I mean, he had a place here. I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't committed. I mean, he loved it. He, he he said Shanahan was the reason he came. He loved the atmosphere. I mean, I had a great. You people can go check him, check it out. I I did the interview on YouTube. Uh, it lives forever on my page. You can go watch the interview I did with Robbie Gold last year. I'm gonna go, uh, you know, Larry, a, I'm clicking out right now. Guy. I'm gonna go watch your Robbie Gold interview from the <laughs> That sounds good. Good to he's me. A sol- <laughs> he was a he's a solid guy who loved being here. I don't know that that I think to me, Damon. If you said why was Robbie not here? Because they signed Javon Hargrave to a big money deal, and they needed to find cap room to compensate for the money they were paying uh, Hargrave. And Robbie, it was much easier to go with a rookie kicker on a rookie deal than pay Robbie the five million that he wanted. Simple as that. Sure. sure. But then when it's revealed that you now got like $35, $40 million worth of cap maneuvering space because of other moves that were made in subsequent transactions, they didn't circle back to Robbie and say, hey, come home. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know if Robbie picked up his phone and said, will you bring me home? Yeah, but, uh, you know, here's the question. Um, And if you just the Niners are 27th in the NFL, they're 27th in the NFL in field goal attempts. Well, do we know that Jake Moody's the guy or did Brock Purdy? Was he so good in the red zone that we basically were fine with Jake Moody because Jake really didn't lose that many games this year. Why? Because Jake really wasn't dependent on. It reminds me an awful lot of Doug Bryan, the last rookie kicker the Niners had when they won the Super Bowl. And they did have a rookie kicker in the 94 season, but they were so damn good that they really didn't worry about Doug Bryan and they might be so damn good this year that they don't need to worry about Robbie Gold. Do you I'm think just I'm just saying that Jake or Moody. worry about Jake Moody. I'm just saying that you know what man if they if this season goes up in flames uh after everything and all the man hours and all the dedication because they decide to go with a rookie kicker and the guy who they had who's sitting on the couch who's 39 for 39 in the postseason on PATs, 29 for 29 in the postseason on field goals, and they just opted not to pick him up because, I don't know, feelings, they're going to open themselves up to criticism if they fall short because of the kicker. Can we agree on that? Of course. Well, it's it's, it's an easy thing to criticize because everyone can see. Make good, miss bad. There's nothing right. to interpret, you know? Right. I mean, There's no ambiguity. Right. It's like you either he's you either do or you don't. And yesterday he didn't, and that's why we're talking about this. I don't think that he has been a because the offense was so successful, a massive problem has been hidden in plain sight this whole time. I don't think that's who he is. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong about things in sports before. I hope I'm well, not you're an optimist. You're well, an optimist, but I'm not. You know that I'm not some pie in the sky. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you're pie in the sky, but I'm just saying you're taking the optimistic approach. There's another person that could say, Hey, look, they're 27th in the league in field goal attempts. This guy is totally unproven. They've asked him in a couple games to to be the difference, and he's fallen short. 
and now they're getting ready for a gotta have it postseason run. And there is an alternative that they know, and he's sitting at home, a phone call away. And if Robbie Gold were, God forbid, in some kind of accident and he couldn't kick, they would call that guy. They so, mean, if Moody were in an accident, they'd call Robbie Gold. Yeah, I mean, if Moody were in an accident, I keep confusing my kickers. But if Moody were in an accident, they would call Robbie Gold. Um, all I'm saying is we can talk about it's outrageous to discuss it, but in reality, we're like two kicks away from that. If he and, misses two kicks in the first playoff game and the Niners get by, do they stay with him? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, but it, it, but again, it's, it's, I mean, it's razor thin margins here. I just can't see the Niners operating like that. It just isn't who they are as a team. It's not how they roster build. It's not what Lynch has done, what Shanahan has done. It's not what Jed York has done. It's just, it's just not who they are to say, all right, we're the one seed with the best record in the conference. And right before the playoffs start, let's completely fish gut one of our draft picks ruin his confidence and and the opinion of the entire leagues in this kid to add Robbie Gold, who hasn't made a kick all year. I love Glass City. Larry, how naive can you be? Jesus, people lie. What? So Robbie Gold lied to me when he said he enjoyed himself here in the Bay Area, and then he lied to me when he said that he, he had a great time here in San Francisco. I mean, come on. I was standing there. I know the guy. I've talked to the guy. I know when someone's lying to me. Robbie Gold was being sincere. Um, he he was sincere. There was no reason to lie. There was no, I mean, there was no pressure to lie. There was nothing. I mean, he's he could he could have said anything he wanted to say. Um, well, look, it, what no, I do I'm not know, what I do know is what Jake Moody has really cost us is valuable time spent talking about the playoffs because this kicker story is going to just linger right up into the moment it doesn't or it absolutely comes to a head is a full-on playoff disaster of the first degree and it is the biggest mistake that this team made and yeah Robbie Gold is the reason why the 49ers didn't win a Super Bowl oh my god let's if it comes down to that if that's the way that this ends holy shit Larry that's that would not be good that would not be good for anyone involved not be good for anybody involved at all uh are you ready for some just the facts because yes yes i am here we are so one of the reasons why you didn't see jake moody kick many field goals certainly in opening drives is because of how efficient the niners were on opening drives the 49ers scored 491 points in the 2023 regular season it's the second most points scored in team history the 1994 team scored 505 so one of the reasons you weren't seeing an awful lot of those kicks is because this offense really got its job done and that's what you're looking for you don't want a whole bunch of field goals you want bigger scores than that and the Niners certainly provided for him scoring 10 times in 17 games 10 touchdowns on the opening drive that is preparation that's focus that's coming out with the right you know the, the right opening drive script uh Kyle Shanahan is very very good at this and I'm going to tell you looking to see in all upcoming playoff games, did the 49ers score on their opening drive? 
Larry, I don't know if they're going to lose a game that they do that in. They they do that. They usually win. They really do. So uh, that's a big indicator right away in any game you see going forward. Did the Niners score on their opening drive? Was it a touchdown? If you check both boxes as yes, you're off to a really good afternoon. Yeah, I mean, um, they get off to good starts. They had a great, I, I agree with you. They had a great game plan yesterday. I think it was a 12 play or 11 play drive. It was like seven, seven uh, runs. So they came out in a run heavy uh, deal, but Darnold made some nice passes and they jumped on the board early and they looked sharp early. So um, they got things going the way they wanted to get them going. And then of course they, they went up losing, but cause they got shut out in the second half. Um, and, and really couldn't do anything. I mean, the second half offensively, I was told they lost the game because of their kicker. <laughs> that was part of it. That oh, was part okay. of that's part of the reason they didn't score in the second half. So, uh, 6,773 yards, the second most gained by the Niners in any one season scored, uh, or excuse me, moved the ball 6,800 yards right on the dot in 1998. Again, 10 opening drive touchdowns in 17 games. The 76 points altogether on opening drives led the NFL this season. The next game, Larry, just the facts. The next game that Kyle Shanahan coaches will already be his 10th playoff game with the 49ers. And should he win it, he'll be 7-3 and three in his first 10 playoff games. And if you're winning playoff games at a 70% clip, folks, you're a pretty goddamn good head coach. You know, there's the, the, you know, the, the people that were Brock Purdy wasn't good enough. Um, when Brock Purdy shut them up, um, and said, I am plenty good enough. They pivoted to Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan. Yeah. You know, and tell me who you'd rather have. I'd love to hear. I'm all ears. Who do you got? Well, again, the, guy, the guy's one and one and one and um, has a great playoff record. Um, you know, his offense produces points. They've been now in three of the last four NFC championship games. Uh, you know, I mean, they have, he hasn't climbed to the top of the mountain, but those same people that are saying Shanahan, Shanahan, were saying the same thing about Andy Reid. And I think Eagle fans right now would trade Sirianni for Andy Reid in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mickelson. He can't win it. Oh, never right. mind. He he's won several majors as uh, when when it's all said and done. Um, there is always that guy who is the best to have yet to done it. Look, wh what I'm basically saying is, if you need to see the mountain climber at the very top of the mountain before you can even admit this guy's pretty good at climbing mountains, you know you don't know as much about mountain climbing as you think about. Um, this this guy knows what he's doing. Kyle Shanahan is a very, very good coach. And again, if you are going to give Brock Purdy nothing but demerits, how can you in the same breath be saying, and Kyle's a bad coach? That doesn't line up. Because if the guy isn't a very good player, that must be some incredible coaching and scheme and system that is coming in. So you can't have it both ways. You, you want to denigrate one? You got to kind of prop up the other in the same sentence. You can't say neither one of these guys knows what they're doing as they're sitting at home waiting for the lowest seed to advance because they're the one seed. They know what they're doing. Let's see if they can get it done in the postseason. Kyle has never failed to win at least two playoff games in any of his postseasons as head coach of the Niners. He's already got six postseason wins as the head coach of the Niners. And like you said, he is looking to reach the NFC title game for the third straight season in a row. 
and for four times in five years. So they've been knocking on the door. That's why the pressure to win could not be any greater than it is right now because in all of the door knocks, I don't think they've ever shown up on the front porch this good, this well-prepared, this experienced, and most importantly, this healthy. It's not, it's, it's not now or never, but boy, it really is now. It's now. The Niners need to win the Super Bowl now. The yeah. next three games are the biggest three games of Kyle's life. And he knows it. I mean, I don't know if you saw his interview, Damon, that he did with Papa last week. But, I mean, he's very focused. He's very focused. Um, you know, the bye week, he, you know, is not going to be an off week for the 49ers. The bye week is going to be a work week for the 49ers. John Lynch said, hey, Kirby Smart uh, calls uh, the bye weeks work weeks. And, you know, it's like they're going to they're going to grind. They're going to work. Um, it's not, you know, this whole idea. Well, Brock Purdy is going to be sitting. No, Brock Purdy's not going to be sitting on the couch. Brock Purdy took all the first team reps um, through not all split the first team reps this week with Sam Darnold and then showed up to the game yesterday, you know, an hour and a half early and did all kinds of workouts before the game. He's not they're not taking their foot as a coaching staff or as players off the gas pedal, they understand this is their window and they're not going to, you know, they're not, they're not coasting or looking for uh, easy way outs. They're going to grind their way through this thing. <laughs> Nicotina bringing Kruger to kick. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and apparently hit threes in the locker room, right? If that's what, uh, that's 40, what you've done too. 420 Savage says, what the F is on Larry's nose? LMAO. Larry did a deep, uh, you know, deal on the, on the, uh, on the, on the treadmill this week and just ran and ran and ran and wound up with a blemish on the end of my nose from too much, whatever oil. Did, I you, guess. did you fall or is that just, you got a pimple? No, it's a pimple basically on the tip of my nose. Rudolph, the red nose Kruger. There you go. Just 420 Savage. Damn you 420 Savage. You are truly savage. It's all right. Looks okay. It'll be gone by the time the Super Bowl comes around. You do look like you know you you look like you got a little booze nose, like you've been eating a booze early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> just just the facts, folks. It's only a pimple. Calm down. It's only yes. a pimple. Uh, pimples happen. Simply, uh, it's a flesh wound. Uh, just a flesh wound. Uh, not much to give you from a just the facts defensively, other than. The season has come and gone, and one of the more impressive streaks remains alive for this defense the entire season. Not a single individual running back went 100 yards against the 49ers defense. This is 44 consecutive games without allowing a 100-yard individual rusher. I think that is a feather in the cap of this defense. Um, and if you don't mind me saying, I want to bring that up to go to the nearly incredible first down that the Rams almost picked up yesterday. It was on fourth down and it looked like Carson Wentz had gotten a, a just shoveling the ball as he is being sacked um, a ball away to his, his running back who then took it around the side for, it looked like a first down, but then review showed that Wentz was down. His butt cheek was on the, was on the ground as was he still had the ball in his hand did you see, Larry, you're at the game. I don't know how much you saw of it. On, on TV, when they showed the replay, Steve Wilkes 
lost his freaking mind on that play. He was throwing his play sheet. He was pissed off. I don't know if Steve Wilkes coming out of the press box has done anything other than really give us that moment because Steve Wilkes Here was throwing is. those papers Here in the press box. Oh, you got it. Here it Here. is. Watch Steve Wilkes go nuts. Wait. Damn it. Look at that. He pushed this guy in front of him. So he's mad. He's mad. Oh, look at it. I mean, oh, he's, oh, oh, oh and that guy gets pushed a little bit. What did that guy do? <laughs> Steve Wilkes is just, I like Steve Wilkes with the Jordans. Look at that. The angry flex at Steve, the end of it, too. Steve Wilkes is one of my favorites, man. Um, oh, oh look, at, look at the intensity. Who wouldn't want that man on the sideline? <laughs> that was great. Get that guy a helmet. Yeah, Good that was He's great. ready to go out and play. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Steve Wilkes was fired up. That's what I'm saying, man. These guys want it. They absolutely want it. Butthead says, I love Steve Wilkes showing his emotions. Yeah, I mean. Kick? That's the question. Can he kick? <laughs> and the Niners are going to Steve Wilkes. We have an internal option. It's Steve Wilkes. Uh, One awesome. last just the fact. Again, so many of the guys who we have just the facts about are playing these prolific seasons and setting team records or group of guys together records in terms of their production. Um, everyone was counting Puka Nakua yards and catches, and he did end up as the uh, he, look. Puka Nakua just had one of the single greatest seasons in the history of rookie football. What a what a year for that rookie. I mean, he's an unbelievably talented wide receiver. The fact that they've got him, Cooper Cup, and Tutu Atwell means look, they're they're a, that's a dangerous football team. It might be a uh they're gonna beat um, Detroit. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just they're gonna a beat Detroit because I mean you got Cooper Cup. I mean, think about the Rams. The Rams offensively, Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup. They're a handful. Puka Nakua. The tight end yesterday, if you noticed him out there, Davis Allen, the rookie from Clemson, he made some nice catches. Um, Tutu Atwell's a burner. He stretches the field. They've got, I mean, they, they are, they're going to score 30 on most defenses. And uh, if you can't score 30, you're going to be hard-pressed to beat them. They've got, their defense is nothing right now, but... Man, their offense is um, scary. We'll get scary. there. Right? We're not. We're not previewing yet. We'll. We'll get yeah, there. In a second. I'm we'll telling you, there. they're because scary. I, I, I want to share one guy that we saw in limited repetitions yesterday. Um, but Debo Samuel is now on a very short list. Debo Samuel had a 21 receiving yard afternoon and 11 rushing yards in the season finale, which gives him 4,122 receiving yards and 1,007 rushing yards in his career. This makes him just the second player in NFL history to record 4,000 or more receiving yards and 1,000 or more rushing yards in his first five seasons of his career. The only other guy to ever do that is Hall of Famer Charlie Taylor, who played for Washington way back in the day. Yeah. So that is you know, a very short list. When it's you and one other guy in the history of football, that's saying something. It means guys like this, cats like this, don't come around very often. You can see running backs who can catch the ball. It's very rare when you have a wide receiver who can run with a football like this guy does. It's what makes him special. Great player. Great player. And, you know, when you have a receiver 
who can run like uh, Debo, that means you can do something that uh, the Rams can't do with Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua or, you know, the, the Bengals can't do with Jamar Chase. You can manufacture touches. So um, you can hand the ball to Debo and get the ball in his hands anytime you want. Um, you know, and, and he's a major threat. I mean, he, he runs through you, but he can run by you. Um, he's a, he's a very, very good player and a unique player at that. So one last thing, and again, we've already talked about him thoroughly, but we will revisit this just, you know, just the facts. These are the facts. It doesn't matter how you feel about Jake Moody. These are the facts. He missed a 38 yard field goal for his first miss of any kind since all the way back in week seven. That's, that's a pretty good run. Moody then missed his first extra point after making an NFL record 60 straight to begin his career. And that is going back through an NFL that used to kick from the three yard line. So, so what you're saying is the 49ers should have won 24, 21 and instead lost 21 to 20 because, because their kicker left four points on the field. I am saying that Larry, that actually happened. Now, how much do you think, uh, how much do you think that, well, no, of course they wanted to win the game because they want to avoid going to Dallas. But I thought going for that two-point conversion was just Sean McVay saying, yeah, there's going to be no overtime today. The, wor- the worst thing in the world would be going to overtime than somebody getting hurt in overtime. I'm going to go for the two-point conversion. <laughs> we make it, great. We're going to Detroit. We don't make it, I don't fucking care. We're just not going to overtime. I asked Shanahan after the game, too. I'm like, did I go? how did you feel when McVay went for two there? And then I asked him, Hey, did, did you guys have an agreement? Did you guys talk before the game that, hey, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, and it was probably more on on McVay, to be honest, because the Niners had nothing to play for, where the Rams had something to play for. So the Rams probably should have. It was on McVay to make that call because they were the team that had something on the line. Uh, and I'm just glad that McVay did it, you know, went for went for two. Unfortunately, they got the two. Um, but there you go. Uh, it was, it was in the last, you know, they asked Shanahan after the game, were you worried about, uh, injuries is like every second of the game. I was worried about injuries. So Did you see when Mick, when, well, when Nakua, caught, conversion. when Nakua caught the pass to give him the rookie record, they cut to the sideline camera and McVeigh is just like, get him out, get him out, get him out, get him out. Get well, him did out, you see what out. happened? I mean, at the, the Niners, first of all, the Niner players, and I'm not speaking for all of them, but I was in the locker room and I had a chance to talk to a few of them, didn't like the fact that Puka Nakua got the Pro Bowl nod over Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had four, had you know 1,300 and change yards on 97 targets. Puka Nakua had 1,400 and change yards on 150 targets. So Ayuk was the more efficient player this year. He's the veteran. Uh, he probably should have gotten the Pro Bowl nod over Puka Nakua, to be honest, and he didn't. And so the Niners were several Niner players, including Mooney Ward, were seemingly kind of pushed out of shape. And at the end of the first the half, Mooney Ward got toasted a couple times by the rooks, so he shouldn't say too much. Yeah. Well, I mean, Puka. Nobody said Puka wasn't any good. They just felt like. They, 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 it added to their resolve to try to shut him down. And at the end of the first half, when it was clear, clear that the Rams wanted 
to throw Puka that one more pass, get the record, and then have him, you know, uh, take off the pads at halftime. The Niners doubled him on the last two plays of the first half, and we're like, no, 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 no. Now right. he did get it a few plays into that third quarter, but they made him, you know, put on the pads and come back out in the third quarter and and uh, and try it. So they were they and they. I'm I'm guarantee you they were hoping to. You know, he only needed 29 yards for the record. So the odds that they were going to keep him under 29 yards was not good. But they wanted to, and they they were going to do everything in their power to. And you could see it. Uh, Lenore, Mooney, these guys, they were were high-fiving on the way off the field at halftime because they had denied Puka a couple of catches on the final couple of plays of the second quarter. You know, they were also up 20 to seven at halftime and probably felt like this one's nearly in the barn today. Uh, and unfortunately shut out after halftime as the, uh, so it was so dominating. The 49ers dominated time of possession in that first half dominated it like destroyed the Rams from a time of possession standpoint. And then, when the game was over, the Rams had more time of possession than the Niners did, which meant they had the ball the entire second half. The 49ers ran 12 plays, I believe. Like 12 plays in the second half, right before that final drive when Darnold turned it over. So however many plays that lasted before yeah, he turned the Niners, it over. The Niners were three and out in the second half a lot. And, uh, and the Rams in the first half threw the pick on the very first play of their drive to Taylor Hawkins. And that's basically how we got to that point. What I did like, even though it wasn't the most efficient afternoon, is that the Niners did some Niner things, even though the bodies in the jerseys changed and the the players changed, still some similar offensive themes to be found. Um, You got chunk plays. And that's the Niners are a big play football team. You know, not dinking and dunking. They make big plays. They get chunk plays. And... There was a 20-yard pass to Werner on the opening drive by Sam Darnold that went off schedule and was a nice play. Uh, Jordan Mason with a 16-yard run up the middle in the early second quarter. Elijah Mitchell ran over Witherspoon coming around the left side. He picked up 14 yards. Chris Conley's first catch of the season, that went for 48 yards. So they were still picking up some big chunk plays and looked like the Niners, even though the names and the name plates had changed, it still looked a little Niner-ish at times, and that's that's good. I mean, that's that's what you want when your backups come in. You have something that is similar to when your starters are out there. So I thought it was there were some good moments in a day that actually, you know, didn't end up the way you wanted it to. But I really did think that it was one of the best executed game plans of the entire season. When you factor in the plan is an awful lot of our best players aren't playing today. Well, um, and if, if you look at the stats coming into the game too. 49ers points per game, third in the league. 49ers total offense, which is yards, second in the league. 49ers rushing offense, third in the league. 49ers passing offense, second in the league. 49ers offensive possession average, third in the league. <laughs> I mean, it's like every every category. There's only one category the Niners are not top 10 in, and that's pass defense. Every other category, they're top 10 and and in almost all cases top five well top and, three. And I think that you can even say that the past defense is that's a number skewed to the fact that teams give up running on this team you know they're, they're playing from behind they're playing they're from behind up, 
and they, they they just abandoned the running game in the name of we got to you know we 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 got points to make up we got to score quickly so I think that that number is a little skewed the Niners are a better pass defensive team than maybe their NFL ranking would indicate I I how about this I was worried about this secondary coming into this year I'm really not that worried about the secondary going forward Larry even with the, the you know the season ending injury to Hufanga I thought that that was going to tilt me to now I'm worried about it not really really well not. I mean you know here's the thing. And there's no way around this at this point. Um, they have some older players that they want to lean on. They brought in Jason Verrett. He's hurt. He's done for the year. He's, done, brought he's in, done. I mean, he's it, Jason Verrett. God bless him. His body cannot take football. Yeah, he's done. Um, great guy, but it's at the end. And then Logan Ryan made a couple nice plays yesterday. Um, but ultimately, here we are. It's January the 8th. And the 49ers are going to have to lean on five very young DBs. Demo Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Jair Brown, Samuel Womack, and Darrell Luter Jr. Those five um, young DBs all in year one, two, or three are going to have to step up and play some ball. And there's no way around that. So um, there's no... They're not, there's no cavalry to call. There's no reinforcements. Nobody's coming off the practice squad to help. There is no veteran at all that's going to be able to help them. They have drafted five DBs, and those five DBs are going to have to play. And Womack got burned a little bit yesterday, and, you know, Looters barely played, um, and Jair Brown's coming off an injury. And, you know, the, but those five, that's one of the keys for the 49ers is those five DBs have got to play ball under the pressure of January football. We're going to find out if they can do it. Uh, it's This is why we go through a regular season to get to this point. The fun, in, in a lot of ways, is over, and in many more ways, it hasn't even begun yet. I mean, here it comes. The most high-leveraged corner of the high-roller suite is where the 49ers are sitting in the corner table. So let's do it. Let's do it. And let's talk about this wild card weekend, Larry, and how it might all shake out again. Welcome to Wake Up. Damon and Larry with you. It's great to have you here. Go ahead, hit like, hit subscribe, support both of these channels. Uh, Super chats are certainly welcome. Memberships are available for both of our channels. And let me go ahead and show everyone what a professional I am, and I will mute my phone. I can't believe that that just rang. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Well, I, well you're like you're like a teacher with office hours. I'm you so know sorry. what I mean? So sorry. Um, by the way. Eric Hernandez says New York style sausage, still a sponsor. Larry just bought some at Costco. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for supporting New York style Italian sausage. They are one of my sponsors as is pig and a pickle. The best barbecue in Northern California, Marin auto glass, underdog fantasy and mojo fantasy. They're all sponsors and we have a brand new sponsor. We'll be announcing uh, this week and, um, and we're hoping to have a brand new sponsor of this show, Wake Up with uh, Damon and Larry, uh, to be announced as well. And if you would like to be a sponsor, as Damon mentioned before, feel free to just uh, contact Damon or I. And, you know, there's not a lot of ambiguity to any of this or a lot of complexity to it. Um, if we're mutually beneficial and it fits, um, we'll go forward. If it's not, then you know what? Um, we part as friends. But if you're interested in having your company's uh, 
um, you know, brand being grown through the growth and and viewership on this show, we'd gladly uh, discuss it with you. So Would give you us a call. Us in front of millions of eyes. That's what we got going on here. What is going on? How come this is not officially? What do I got to do? The, oh, there maybe, it's, maybe it's the wife. Maybe maybe Jack's got to go and she's up. He's upstairs and needs help. J J By the way, Jack and Ozzy crashed the end of my post game show yesterday. So if you'd like to see the boys, you can, you can go ahead and watch the end of that show. But um, anyway, look, let's talk about this NFL playoff schedule. Uh, first round by for the 49ers in the divisional game will either be on January 20th or 21st. We don't know who and we don't know when, but clear that weekend, January 20th or 21st is when the 49ers will be playing their divisional game. Wild card weekend gives us two games Saturday, three games Sunday, and a Monday night football game to wrap up the wild card week. It starts Saturday at 1.30 West Coast time with Browns at the Texans. The Texans are always in that early Saturday window, and they are once again but what an interesting year that they have have had. And, and I mean, they are really playing with an awful lot of they're, they're playing with more house money than anybody else in the in the damn tournament. I mean, they're not expected to do a thing. And here they are. Um, so congratulations to D'Amico Ryans. I, I, I hope that he is the coach of the year. C.J. Stroud, to me, that guy should be the rookie of the year. Um, and he was great. He was great against the Colts, wasn't he? Yeah, an incredible season for the Houston Texans. And if you are a Texans fan, are you going to win the Super Bowl this year? No, you're not. Are you ahead of schedule? You're more ahead of schedule than any team in sports, to be completely honest with you. So you should feel very good about yourself if you're a fan of the Houston Texans. We'll get into, like, thumbnail sketches, Larry, of who these teams are. I'll get your elevator pitch on each and every team. Um but I, they were my sleeper team this year to take off. They won three games last year. They brought in the Niners offensive system. They brought in the Niners defensive coordinator. They had two picks in the top of the draft. They hit on both picks. Um, the Texans had done, did a lot of nice things and they're a, they're a team on the come and, and they got a nice win against the Colts. I thought the Colts gagged it away to be honest, but, um, I think Cleveland gets them here, Damon. This is C.J. Stroud going up against the number one defense in the league and rookie quarterbacks in history going up against the number one defense in the league in the playoffs have never fared well. So I'm taking the Browns to beat the Texans on the road. The Browns are favored, by the way, by two and a half in that game, despite it being played in NRG. Well, look, I mean, the Texans, if we're being completely honest, they're the NFL's version of the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Arizona Diamondbacks, if you want to even sneak in a baseball reference to today's show for just old people to enjoy. Uh, but it really is. Like, this This is a team that is so ahead of schedule. No one expected them to be here, um, and they are. So congratulations to them. The Browns, meanwhile, Larry, you're right. They're probably going to win that game. And there, what might happen is, like, as wide of a window as you can find. If you're telling me that the Browns actually – because the magic went out of Joe Flacco's bag of tricks and CJ Stroud and that young Texans team figured it out. Like, I believe you, I could, I could see them winning that game. It's not out of the realm of possibility in my mind. Um, Browns do turn it over. They throw a lot of picks, Larry, they could be a disaster or they could be Super Bowl champs. Like that's the window that the Browns are operating in right now. They could absolutely be one and done, or they could win the whole damn thing 
Um, they're a really, really, really weird team, weird season, very good defense. The fact that they have shown up in the in the postseason, given who they've lost, um, you know, going back to Nick Chubb all the way in week two to Deshaun Watson, and they might be better off without Deshaun Watson. By the way, I was told oh, maybe. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I was told that there's a nickname that they use in Ohio for Deshaun Watson that I had never heard before. It was referenced on my post game show last night. Larry, his nickname is Groper Cleveland. <laughs> Groper Cleveland is one. Well, of, I mean, it's look the at the Texans too. Nickname since Ron Mexico. It oh, really that is. is awesome. That is awesome. Groper and- Cleveland. I mean, Irwin Kwong says the Texans, Texans are very lucky. They moved on from Deshaun Watson and they get C.J. Stroud. Imagine that. They had the dark cloud of, of Deshaun Watson's weirdness all hanging over him. They get out from underneath Watson. They wind up getting C.J. Stroud, who's such a great guy that the media there voted him like the most cooperative media guy. I mean, you can tell that kid is just really, really solid across the board. Did you ever talk, um, hear him talk about his father who's imprisoned? And I mean, no, no, I oh haven't. My God. So he grew up with his dad behind bars, like his entire life, basically. Wow. And, um, you know, that's he, overcoming odds, man. It's overcoming odds. And the way that he spoke about it was just with so much humanity and maturity and, um, and understanding also that criminals indeed need be punished, you know, but not forgotten. Like it was like the, the CJ Stroud's a real deal, man. I'm, I'm impressed well, so much for that H2 testing that he bombed. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that yeah. test is never going to be given again, or nobody's going to put any credence in that test going forward. This kid's amazing. And, and he, he had several, several incredible plays in that Colts uh, victory, victory over the Colts. And, and imagine what Houston would be if they hadn't lost Tank Dell. I mean, they right. lost Tank Dell, um, who's a terrific young receiver. Um, but, you know, Houston's coming. This we isn't their year, but they're coming. Yeah. No, it's, you know, how do you do on the Wonderlick? <laughs> Wonderlick my balls. He's a player. <laughs> that's yeah. who he is. He's good. Um, so that's a very interesting first game, followed by Dolphins and Chiefs. Oh, my God. What are the Dolphins even doing in this game, right? I mean, you want to talk about gagging away the end of your year? I mean, the Miami Dolphins. Not only that, they lost Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. They have no more teeth on their defensive ends. Their defense is not the same as it was. They went from Um, possible two seed to on the road at Arrowhead. They went from home game to you're going to Arrowhead. That is a huge wrong direction for this team to be moving in. And they they lose at home to a Bills team, Larry. And we'll get to the Bills and Steelers in a second. But, you know, the, the Dolphins have beat one team with a winning record all year. I know. Yet we also admit they're pretty good and dangerous. But they're not as good and dangerous as they used to be before the injuries started piling up. And it feels like this good feeling dolphin season will be coming to an end at Arrowhead. And let's be honest, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes has been playing opponents and his own wide receivers all season. Like he's playing against both of those units. And the the Chiefs are if they beat the Dolphins, we're gonna find out if Patrick Mahomes can go on the road 
and win a playoff game on the road. He has been at Arrowhead for every playoff game of his young career, and he's been wildly successful. Now let's see if if he can take that out on the road if they do get past the Dolphins in, in wildcard week. Um, I don't know who to pick here, by the way. I mean, Miami hasn't won a playoff game since 2000. They don't have any defensive ends. Um, their, their fatal flaw, according to Bill Barnwell, is that their red zone defense is a joke. Mahomes is nine and two at home in the postseason. They are going to have to go out on the road, but not for this game. And then Kansas City leads the NFL with 38 drops, 25 of the 38 from their wide receivers. So, I mean, they drop the ball like nobody else. They need a receiver in the worst way. Um, they don't score points at, at the near level that they were years ago, a couple of years ago or even a year ago. And, um, but Larry, it's the best three and a half point favorites against a Miami team. It's the best defense of their entire run, entire run. Andy Reed and note if the chiefs offense were just average this year, they would have won three more games. Had they just Tyree kills going back to uh, KC for the first time and ever since he left. So it's going to be a big day for him. I don't, you know, this game, I don't feel, I don't know who's going to win. I would lean to the Chiefs because they're at Arrowhead and Mahomes is so good at Arrowhead and Miami looks like they're circling the drain. But you know what? All it's going to take is for Miami to put up 21 points and Kansas City's going to have a hard time matching that. Should be a fascinating game. Full layoff from a gambling standpoint, if you don't mind me saying that. That's, I, I, there's, there's a lot more, I think, easy pickings out there than that one. Um, so those are your Saturday games. Browns, Texans, Dolphins, Chiefs. And by the way, you better get your Peacock on if you want to watch either, right? And the, these wild card games are on Peacock. So you're going to have to spend the $6 to watch these. And that is the future. Look, the, this is the way it's all going. I'm going to tell you in our lifetimes, Larry, the Super Bowl is going to be you're going to need a password to get to the Super Bowl. It's not going to be on network TV eventually. Like that's the way this whole league is going. So you should have already gotten your peacock on by now. <laughs> Let's come come on. If you don't have your peacock on right now, I, I kind of wonder if you're a real football fan. I Do mean, come on. It, of course. I, I, and my peacock once froze on me and I had to reboot, but um, <laughs> that was a line that I used to use on the radio, but yeah, no, the peacock is up and running and it, you know, I'm looking forward to checking it. And then there's some decent stuff on peacock, by the way. So we have it because my wife is addicted to Jillian is like any and all real housewives of, and that's all on peacock. So we have it. And I got Indiana, Indiana and Purdue later this year play on peacock. So they got me, you know, that's you, you put an, you put a Hoosier Boilermaker game on your network uh, apparently I will go out and I will subscribe to your network. I'm just you know, that simple. By the way, uh, as much as I love to support you, Damon, my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend, um, is a huge, um, Purdue Boilermaker. He's a Purdue Boilermaker grad. So, you know, I, I gotta say go Boilermakers. Well, all I can tell you is that I hope your daughter, Zach Eady breaks up with that freaking loser soon enough and goes out and gets a real Hoosier in her life. Your, your daughter needs a new boyfriend is what she needs desperately. Well, I, I'd like to call him a loser, but he did graduate from Purdue and he is going to law school at Gonzaga. So it's hard for me to call him a loser. Uh, uh. 
<laughs> Look at it this way. He's not a loser, but he certainly doesn't know what winning feels like. He's never won anything except your daughter's admiration, which I guess is the biggest prize out there. So what's the more going on place? West Lafayette, Indiana or Bloomington? Oh, dude, Bloomington, like number one with a bullet. Like we got great bars and hot chicks all over the place at Purdue. They've got math. At Bloomington, though, you're further away from a, main, a real city in Chicago. You're close to Indy, but uh, isn't West Lafayette closer to Chicago? It is, but, you know, you, you gladly drive an extra 90 minutes to spend a, a college career in Bloomington. Bloomington's the most beautiful college town you will see this side of freaking, you know, Pepperdine, which has Malibu going for it. But Bloomington's amazing. Purdue. My head says Larry wants a successful son-in-law. Lawyer, you say? Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Uh, anyways, good luck to her. She's going to need it. He's a boy. <laughs> okay. So look, Larry, so get your peacock on, get your peacock ready, get your code, get your, get your download, get your lemon pepper wings, get your meat cheese, get ready to go get your peacock. You know, I told Tom, I gotta have my peacock. <laughs> okay. I, so I, 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 you know, I got it. I got it. I put it in the back of the Miata. I wrote down one subscription. I put it in an envelope. It was Peacock. No, okay, okay, so, uh, I told myself, if I don't get a Peacock, I don't get a Super Bowl ring, Lowry. And I'll tell you, Damon, you asked some tough questions back in the day. You never once asked this guy, Trent Bulky, about his Peacock. Sunday, 10 a.m. <laughs> People are going, is this show almost over? No, 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 no. no. Sunday at 10 a.m. We got uh, West Coast time. Bills and Steelers. Okay, so let's start with the Bills. Because the Bills were, no one's even thinking about them anymore. Six and six going into December. And then they haven't lost a game since. And in all the games that they lost, they've never lost one game by more than six points all season. I saw somebody who's in the Bills Mafia or covers the team basically say, given everything I've seen about the Buffalo Bills, they're either in the Super Bowl or will suffer the single dumbest playoff loss in the history of the franchise that has redefined dumb playoff losses. So that's the window for the Buffalo Bills here. They're either going to heat it up and be in the Super Bowl or they're going to go out like, goofy chumps with some ridiculous mistakes so i don't really know what to think of the bills are they good yes they're also team steps on their own dick maybe as much as any other football team out there that can claim to be a good football team at the same time meanwhile the steelers what can you say other than mike tomlin is the single least appreciated great coach in the history of this league maybe every single team good ones take on their team they're, they're like their head coach's persona the Steelers are very, very much like Mike Tomlin. They're sort of hidden in plain sight. They're pretty good. They've got their flaws. Uh, you, you don't want to mess with them at home. And that's what the Bills have to go do now. I, I think the Bills are going to win that game. They should win that game. They're um, going to win. TJ Watt just got hurt. And I don't know if he's going to be able to go. And if he doesn't go, that changes who the Steelers are, not only physically, but emotionally. He is their leader, their captain. Um, Bills are going to probably win that game, but tip of the cap to the Steelers who, you know, they, they still don't know what to do at quarterback and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers are going home. Um, TJ water, no TJ Watt. Now they got Nick Herbig, who's a really good player. Um, and they're really loaded at, at edge rusher. 
but um, even though it's been an up and down year in Western New York, I mean, the, you know, the, the bills are Josh Allen is just too much. Um, you know, he, he, you know, only thing about Josh Allen though, he's played in eight playoff games in his career. He's only four and four. Um, and you know, but there was a possibility they weren't going to make the playoffs. They answered the bell in the second half against the dolphins last night. I wonder about Buffalo's defense a little bit on the back end and up front rushing the passer, but they did get Von Miller back and we'll see what he's at. You know, the, the one guy to be aware of for Buffalo that's really coming on is Buffalo's got some young weapons that are really improving. James Cook, um, Khalil Shakir, the Boise State receiver. Um, it's not just Diggs. Dalton Kincaid is there. You know, he's got some weapons. Buffalo, Buffalo's got a really, I think, a really powerful offensive line. That Dawkins tackle is a monster. Josh Allen yesterday was 30 of 38 for 359. So Allen will throw picks. Buffalo's not perfect. But if you told me it's Buffalo and the Niners in Vegas, I would not be shocked. Sunday at 1.30 after Steelers and Bills is put to bed, we got Packers and Dallas. You want two big brands in the NFC? You got them right there. Obviously, the Packers right now have come on late with three straight wins to qualify for the postseason. Jordan Love, if this is a guy who keeps receipts, there are a lot of people who owe him lunch or brunch or breakfast or dinner. Like, I mean, he has really turned into a guy that, all of a sudden, Green Bay is thinking we we legitimately have our third straight really good quarterback here. Now, is he going to be Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers? Only time will tell. But Jordan Love is is no longer a project. That guy's a quarterback. He's pretty damn good. He had some unbelievable throws yesterday. And and you know if you look at um, the way he's finished the year, he's got fifteen to one touchdown to interception ratio coming home here. Uh, Dallas, though, is going to win this game. Dallas is unbeatable at home by a team like Green Bay. They haven't lost all year at home. They're the only um, unbeaten team anywhere in the NFL, home or road. They're the only 8-0 team anywhere. They're 8-0 at home. So uh, Cowboys, also, like you said, they don't, they don't lose at home. And look, let's be honest. Dak Prescott just had one of the least appreciated single greatest seasons in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and also um, Jerry Jones is doing the smart thing, which he's holding Mike McCarthy's feet to the fire. He's like, you know what? I don't know if Mike McCarthy will be back. We'll see how we do in the playoffs. So, you know, McCarthy won one ring with Green Bay. Um, Dallas is not going to win the Super Bowl, but Dallas is going to win this game. I agree with you. Sunday night wraps up 5 o'clock with a game that will drip with probably more storylines and hype than any other game, given the fact that, hey, you know, the Rams quarterback is now the Detroit Lions quarterback. But more importantly than that, the Detroit Lions quarterback is the Rams quarterback. And the rooting for Matthew Stafford that has followed him to Los Angeles ends when it is Matthew Stafford and the Rams coming in to spoil what is the first home playoff game for the lions larry in like 30 years they haven't had a home playoff game so it's uh can matthew stafford go in and break detroit's heart that's the storyline the way it's all set up i i think that the lions you know god bless them they're the fighting dan campbells they play you know punch you in the mouth 
football. And they're also the most doubted 12-win playoff team we've seen in a really long time. Can an offensive line by itself with Jared Goff behind them win a Super Bowl? I don't know. I don't even know if they can beat the Rams, quite honest with you. So um, that that's a game that I, I, have, I have trouble handicapping it. The Rams certainly have come on late. This is one of McVay's finest seasons. Um, a quarterback with weapons can get really, really dangerous. We'll see. I, I really don't know how to even handicap that one. I'll I'm be- going. I'll, I'll give you a way to handicap that one. Take the over. Take the over. There's going to be lots of points in that game. I really believe. Um, Detroit. You know, Detroit's defense. They're 15th in the league in total defense. They're 23rd in the league in in points allowed. Their pass defense has been a problem. They're 25th in the league in yards per game uh, through the air. They did get C.J. Gardner Johnson back. But now Brian Branch, the rookie from Bama's hurt. Sam Laporta's knee bent in a really ugly direction yesterday. Yep. And the way he looked, I'm, I guarantee you that Sam Laporta is not playing tennis this morning. I mean, he he is, you know, he, he, he I bet you he doesn't get out of bed until Wednesday. That's a um, extended knee. There's no way. If he plays in this game, he's a bad A. I will say this, though. Laporta is, people are like, well, he's like, you know, the next pretty good Iowa tight end, he might be the best of them. I mean, I love George Kittle as a blocker, but George Kittle ain't the receiver this kid is. Sam Laporta is a hell of a receiver. I think Zach Ertz may wind up signing today in Detroit. Um, but then, you know, the one thing about the about Goff, and the numbers showed it, Barnwell had it in his article this week, Jared Goff passer rating, when you look at him as far as his QBR, uh, with and without pressure, it goes from 66.8% without pressure to 24.7% with pressure. So all you got to really do is pressure Goff, and I think you got a great chance to beat the Lions. But, man, um, Jameer Gibbs, Montgomery, Laporta, if he's healthy, um, Amon Ross St. Brown got snubbed for the Pro Bowl, but he's legit. And he's They've got, got major sure. weapons and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back. I still think I would probably lean to the Rams um, in that game, but the place is going to be cr- absolutely crackling with intensity. Um, Detroit has been waiting for this for decades, and I get a feeling that Detroit's going to beat the Rams, even though it's like the chic pick is Rams, and and I, I I've been saying the Rams are going to beat Detroit, and I and I but I the more I think about it, the more I think, you know what. Detroit's on a magic carpet ride and it's going to end, but they're going to, this is going to be their, this is going to be the one that brings them all back. You know, that, that 15 foot putt that you sink that brings you back on the golf course. This is going to be the, the, the win that they say, well, you know, we got that win in the playoffs over the Rams. This is going to make the winner end quicker in Detroit. I think Detroit gets this win. The more I think it doesn't matter it. if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. And it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter if the two point conversions at the seven yard line. I will go for it. Come on, Dees. Dees nuts. Got to root for that guy. <laughs> you want to talk about a team that adopts a head coach personality? By I love the way, that guy. Getting to Jared Goff is a lot easier to say than do. That offensive line probably is the best in football. So, um, you know, I agree. I agree. Offensive line is clearly regressed. And that brings us to our final game of wildcard weekend, Monday night. And 
How about this? Things have gone so wrong for Philadelphia since we got to know Big Dom and the 49ers went in there and won that game. <laughs> Larry, there is talk of if Sirianni doesn't win in Tampa, he's out. He might be gone from a Super Bowl appearance to a presumptive one seed all year long to see the Niners basically change the arc of the Eagles season so dramatically that they've now, again, the Eagles are coming in, went from presumptive one seed to a one in five finish in their last six games. They haven't been right in a very, very long time. A late season collapse officially has Sirianni on the hot seat. If we know anything about Philadelphia is that town can put more bad negative juju in the air than, you know, any any city in America can put more negative vibes in the air when it comes to Philadelphia and its sports. Meanwhile, the Baker Mayfield Bucks. I mean, that's a really good football team that had Tom Brady still been their quarterback. They're getting a lot more buzz. This is their third year in the row winning that division. Now the division is full of hapless, uncompetitive franchises. When you got, you know, a bad Carolina team, Saints and Falcons are two, you know, stepping on their own dicks, first ballot Hall of Fame franchises right there. So in a very mediocre division, the Buccaneers found a way to rise above that mediocrity, not greatly, but just enough to get a home playoff game. And, you know, what a what a year for Baker Mayfield when it's actually all said and done. I mean, that team, that that is a team that is playing with house money. And I think they're going to beat the Eagles, Larry. Do the Eagles suck right now? I mean, uh, Scott Van Pelt said it on SportsCenter last night. What the hell did they do well at this point? Um, this you always here. I'm going to share the screen. Here's Sirianni when a when a coach. You tell me if this is the face of this is the same guy who was mugging for the cameras and had all kinds of swagger. Now listen to him. Here's Sirianni at the presser. You tell me if they're going to win this week. What do you see now? Losing five or six that keeps that belief. Yeah, I mean, none of us are quitters. We all get up off the mat when we're down, and we get up and we keep going. Like I don't like when you're when you get hit in life, when you get hit in football, you got two options: you can stay down, or you can get you can get the f up. And I know this group is fighters. I know this group will get up. I know that we've all been through things in our life that is that's that we've had all had to deal with shit, and we know how to get up. And that's why we're all sitting in this room. The same message that I talked to the guys about last year, um, you know, going into the NFC championship game about, you know, not only are we physically tough, we're mentally tough and thinking about the, all the stuff that you've been through in your life um, and why you're in this seat right now, you know, is the same message I would say right now uh, when you're going, not only when you're, when you're, won 15 games like we did that last year at that time but also when you're on a five game five game losing streak because you know and so it again it's nobody's quitting on this team because that's the reason all these guys are in that locker room because they know how to freaking fight the coaches know how to freaking fight the players know how to freaking fight the staff the staff know how to freaking fight and so we'll just get up and we'll fight again and we'll see you know see what happens next week when we put everything we got into it and and we've been putting everything we got into it but we're going to put everything we got up into it this week and we'll see what happens i mean what's he supposed to say 
I, they're going home, man. They're yeah. going home. When you start when you start dropping f bombs at the presser as the coach, it, you know you know you're going down. They were ten and one. They're one and five since they got beat by the Giants, ruined by the Giants. They get beat by the Cardinals. AJ Brown is not going to be healthy for this game against Tampa. Hurts his finger. Hurts his finger is is screwed up. Uh, you know Philly. Philly is just. I don't know. I mean, last year they had 70 sacks. This year, 43. So totally different team from a year ago. Uh, I love that the most smug guy in football is getting his comeuppance right here because this guy is so smug, and the Niners beat them and sent them into a freaking tailspin, and it's just been awesome to watch. So I hope they circle the freaking drain. I like uh, I like Tampa to win that game. Uh, Eagles are two and a half point favorites as the five seed on the road, but I'll take Tampa. Nobody likes Tampa. Nobody talks about Tampa, but Tampa doesn't have psychological problems. The Eagles are a broken team right now. They're not going in there without AJ Brown and with a hurt hurts and having just. I mean, it's like, do you think that the one in five is a mirage? Or do you think that they've been trying and failing? I think they've been trying and failing. I think they'll try again this week and fail again this week. I'll take Tampa. Would you, how about that? Who would you fear more coming into Levi's stadium? The Bucks or Eagles? Well, I don't, I mean, I, I have respect for what the Eagles, you know, the, the Eagle group that got to 10 and one. But I mean, they have no idea what they're doing right now. They're they're lost defensively. Sean Desai was a circus. They replaced him with Matt Patricia. It hasn't been any better. You know, I don't know if you follow Emmanuel Acho, but Acho did a film breakdown of one of the Giants' touchdowns, and they're like, "Who's covering this guy?" I mean, they just they had a busted play. When you're, I mean, it's one thing to have busted plays in the preseason bad run fits against you know the Raiders or something like that, and they take off for an 80-yard run. When you're having totally broken plays and busted plays in week 17 and 18, you got problems. And Hassan Reddick is a pass rusher. Yesterday, they're dropping him into coverage. I mean, it's like they are lost defensively. They just lost their best weapon. They're going home. So... The 49ers are awaiting whoever reveals themselves to be the lowest remaining seed in the NFC. That's who their opponent is going to be. Larry, are you, 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 you picking a path here? Who do you think comes to Levi Stadium as the lowest advancing seed? Tampa. Yeah, I think Tampa is going to be here. Um, and I think uh, the Niners will handle Tampa. I think... As much as I think the Rams can beat the Lions, <clears throat> I don't know. I just, something tells me the Lions will have enough to get over there. I think Green Bay has a shot to knock, knock off Dallas, but um, I think Dallas ultimately will win that game. So I think Tampa. I think Tampa is going to be the team that comes to the Niners. I also think it benefits the Niners to get the team that knows them the best the hell out of the postseason. So go Lions. Because the Rams have enough inner working knowledge of what the Niners do and don't do well to be dangerous in a playoff game. So I uh, I, I want to see the Rams go home. I would much rather take a shot at the Lions in an NFC title game. 
And again, I think you and I both agreed as good as the Cowboys are as much as, you know, we got respect for the Cowboys, a healthy fear of the Cowboys, but I don't think the Cowboys match up well against the 49ers. Can't stop the run. Cowboys show up. I like, look, the Niners are, the Niners should go to the Super Bowl. That's the mandate. If the Niners don't go to the Super Bowl, there's going to be a lot of bitching and moaning because they are the class of the NFC field. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Levi's. Um, they have the rest. There's no t- if they it will be a major upset if anybody knocks them off on the way to the bowl. Now, if they get to the bowl and Baltimore beats them, they get to the bowl and Buffalo beats them, they get to the bowl and somehow this miraculous Joe Flacco led Browns team beats them. You know, um, I mean, there'll be a lot of hemming and hawing about that too. But um, you know, to me, the 49ers have to, you know, on paper. They have to go to Vegas or there's going to be a lot of bitching. That's what Super Bowl or bust means. It doesn't necessarily even mean you won the Super Bowl, but you got to get there. You got to get there. Got to get there and they got to get there. And then let's be honest, should they get there? They got to win it. You know, well, they, they want to win it and this is their best chance to win it. Right. But, you know, a lot, you know, the, the, you got to remember this. Whoever gets there will have demonstrated their own momentum. So if Cleveland gets there, they're going to be getting there with Joe Flacco, who's already beaten the Niners in the Super Bowl, the number one defense that's awesome on all three levels. And already beaten if, the Niners this season. Right. And if the Ravens get there, they will have, you know, got unbelievable momentum, though. I'll tell you, they didn't look all that great against the Steelers without Lamar. It just shows how much Lamar carries them offensively. And I think the Niners will beat the Ravens if they get that rematch. But the team that I kind of fear in that game the most is the Buffalo Bills. Because if Buffalo gets there, Damon, that means that you and you kind of already kind of highlighted it. But if Buffalo gets there, that means that they've won eight in a row since going six and six. Right. Because they will have to have won against Pittsburgh and then the divisional round and then the AFC title game. They if Buffalo, that means Buffalo is six and six, but they've won eight in a row. And they've got Josh Allen and some really exciting young weapons and Von Miller healthy. If Buffalo gets there, Buffalo is going to be hell to deal with. And by the way, that's going to be the one fan base that'll sit there and go toe-to-toe with who wants these tickets in the Super Bowl with the Niners. Oh, my God. I mean, Buffalo fans are so dying for a Super Bowl that 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 whatever the ticket price is going to be, it's going to be very expensive. It's going to go up even more if it's the Buffalo Bills that show up to that party. How do you so, feel if you're Ken Dorsey, by the way? They fired you and then went on a great run. How, I mean, you know, that's a, t- that's a tough thing to handle professionally. If all of a sudden your company dumps you and then just starts thriving. Well, look at... Uh, I mean, look, that's look, not what, good. Look at what just happened with... Uh, what's his name in, in Pittsburgh? Matt Canada? Everyone said, like, everyone, like, children... In nurseries, we're talking about how this offensive coordinator's got to get fired. The minute he gets fired, they have their first 400 yards of offense day, and they are now a playoff team. So Matt Canada and uh, and uh, the, the, the poor uh, whoever they just let go in Buffalo. I from what, what you just said his name. I'm I'm blanking on it again. And or uh, yeah, Ken Dorsey. Oh, yeah. Ken Dorsey, quarterback from Miami. Ken Dorsey. Um, yeah, those the, those two guys can go to lunch and cry together. That's that's rough. Their team's got better without them. I actually thought that the the Dorsey 
termination was performative. You know, I mean, it didn't make an awful lot of sense when it happened. Oh, I, I, Kenny's a great guy. I mean, he's a terrific kid. He's from Orinda. He went to Miramani. Um, he's a former Niner. Great guy. And he's going to land on his feet and do just fine. And he was not the problem. But when you when you fail miserably, things have to change. And he was he happened to be that change. Now, one coach for sure we know is out. Ron Rivera has been relieved of his duties by the commanders. So they are in the business of looking for a new coach. Obviously, the Chargers are in business. I've already seen Jim Harbaugh Raiders might be interested in each other here as we're getting ready for a national championship game in which the Michigan Wolverines are playing in. So the Harbaugh back to the NFL rumor I think gets loud whether they win or lose. And I honestly, I don't know. They're going to lose. I like, I like Washington tonight with Penix. I don't know whether or not, I, I don't know whether or not him winning or losing factors into a return to the NFL decision. Because look, Harbaugh loves Michigan and he's either going to feel like job still not finished or he's going to feel like, well, I've won a national championship. I'm on Schembechler time now, which means I'm a living God in Ann Arbor for the rest of my life. And I, you know, everything's smooth. Um, I'll, I'll say this. We're talking all about Harbaugh. It's that other guy that I really like. I like the Washington coach. Uh, what's his name? Kalen DeBoer or something like that. He was yes. good at Fresno. He's a hell of a guy. I mean, former he's a offensive coordinator of your Indiana Hoosiers. It's how he and Michael Penix got together. So really, I didn't know that. That's oh, yeah. uh, that's good knowledge. Um, yeah, no, I like Washington. Now the running back's not healthy and he's not a hundred percent, but Michael Penix is real. And I love the Huskies tonight. Um, and you know how ironic that they shut down the Pac-12 and the Washington Huskies out of the Pac-12 are going to win the national championship well, no uh, in the final win, year of the Pac-12. No, no, absolutely not. The Pac-12 ended when the regular season died, Larry. The, the, the national champion's a Big Ten team, no matter how you cut it. <laughs> yeah. I will say this. Very interesting day today on a lot of fronts. I don't know if you saw this little nugget, but the commanders, if you had the Washington commanders as the next home for Bob Myers, uh, you're you're absolutely uh, ahead of the game because the commanders are hiring two-time NBA executive of the year, ex-warrior general manager, Bob Myers, <laughs> to help run are their they, franchise. Well, no, wait. Are, are they just hiring him to search and pick the next head coach, or is he actually, like, getting an office and it's going to say... Like, does Bob Myers get a title here, or is he running? Is is he a voice on a search committee? I think he's an executive above the football side. I think he's going to be like the overseer of everything. You know, I mean, I I don't know exactly what his exact title will be, but um, I think they just have such a belief in Bob Myers that they're he's going to be like the the guy at the very top of the masthead, and then from there will come football people. I mean, obviously, Bob Myers is not draft. Could you imagine if Bob Myers started drafting defensive backs and stuff like that? No, I mean, Bob Myers is not that. But Bob Myers, I think, is going to be the guy who is the public face of the team. And, you know, they've had terrible PR. and Bob Myers is the opposite of terrible PR. He's great PR. So I think Bob Myers is is that's what I heard this morning. That to me is really interesting of also today um, or yesterday. We may have seen the end of the Bill Belichick era. 
Uh, Bill Belichick won eight Super Bowl rings in New England. They went four and 13 this year. They haven't won a playoff game in five years. He's going to meet with Robert Kraft later this week. And from what I'm hearing, he's out um, in in New England. And, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. Um, we also I'm, saw... I Go ahead. Hope he do, I, if I were Bill Belichick, what, what more is there to accomplish? Like, know when the right time to leave the game is. And I'm not saying it's the right time because the game has passed him by or anything like that. But what... I mean, wouldn't you like... Wouldn't you like to spend a year traveling the world and going doing something else? Or maybe he is just so, I'm a football coach. I can't even look up from my play sheet and consider happiness without staring into a play sheet. So I got to go be a coach. I don't know what remains. But man, let me just say, the New England Patriots were really, really easy to hate. That's how great they were. Oh my God! It's the it's well, the, and also let's not let's not. I mean, I'll oh, go ahead. I'm not. I mean, no, no, no. I'm just saying it's it in modern times. They are the yardstick of excellence as a model franchise during the peak of the Brady and Belichick years together. They, you know, I never thought I'd see a a, a team come in and basically take the two decades that the 49ers had you know, in the eighties and the nineties, there like a 20 year run where they won at least 10 games every year. I never thought I'd see a team be more consistently great than that. And then the Patriots showed up with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It's one of the all time great pairings. I mean, Belichick, Brady, Walsh, Montana, I think Reed and Mahomes is a legit modern, still happening all time quarterback coach combination, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, those two guys made beautiful music together. Don Coriel and Dan Fouts. I mean, this is one of the all-time great coach-quarterback combinations. And Bill Belichick is, you know, no nobody climbed the mountain quite like him, and nobody got to camp it out at the summit as long as he did. It's a really interesting guy. Um, Bill Belichick is a genius, and I and you know my my good friend, the late Bill Urbanic. Um, you know, was worked with a lot of people that worked with, with Bill and just would, would say firsthand what a genius the guy was as a defensive football coach. He's maybe the greatest coach of defensive backfield play in the history of the NFL. Um, you know, he was, he helped the New York giants win super bowls and then went to new England. You know, it's funny, the Raiders were thinking about hiring him when they hired Joe Bugle and passed. Um, and yet he goes to new England and, you know, he was a defensive coach who found Tom Brady. Uh, Bobby Greer was the Patriot scout that was hot on Brady. And um, Belichick had the wisdom to take him in the sixth round. And you took the greatness of Tom Brady offensively with Belichick's defensive um, scheming. And it, it led to eight Super Bowls. It's an amazing thing. But if the question was, was it Brady? Was it Belichick? I think it was obviously both, but you know, nobody does it by themselves, but it was more Brady than Belichick. And if, if, if it really came down to it, if you ask me, was it Walsh? Was it Joe? I think it was more Joe than Walsh. Um, you well, know, so he's got to play. No, no coach is great without great players anywhere, any sport. That's the way that goes. Yeah. I mean, George Seifert was great with the Niners. Was it Seifert or was it, you know, uh, you know, Joe and Steve? No, it was Joe and Steve. So um, Belichick now without Brady, the whole thing's falling apart. His, his coaching tree is thoroughly unimpressive. 
I mean, almost every guy who's coached for him who's gone elsewhere has not been very good. Um, I think the Raiders would, would probably want him. I think the Chargers might want him. Um, you know, Dallas, I could see Dallas if they fire McCarthy saying, hey, Bill, come here. He'll have opportunities, I think. Uh, I asked uh, Jason LaConfora um, on the radio three weeks ago, what's Belichick's future? He said it's been known there that he's out for months and uh, that he'll be out. And I said, what's his next move? He says he thinks he's going to be an executive a head of football operations that he won't be anybody's coach or GM. And I, if, if you said to me, where, what's his downfall? It's Bill Belichick, the GM. Yeah. Has, has ruined things for Bill Belichick, the coach. I would agree with that. And I look, all, all smart coaches look for the best quarterback to find. You can fix everything else, right? But you can't fix that quarterback problem until you actually got the guy. That's why. It should be a sprint to the Los Angeles Chargers job. That is a legit, this kid is a stud Justin Herbert that the right coach could have an awful lot of success with quickly. There is more. The, the Raiders are a project. The Chargers are a project, but a much easier project for a good coach to handle because of that quarterback situation. So um, it'll be really interesting to see who gets to to the Los Angeles Chargers to be their next head coach? That, to me, is the prize to be won on the NFL's open market this year. So, um, Larry, let's get to some Super Chats before we... We have one uh, more story, Damon, that we should probably hit here oh, because yes. it's kind of major. Um, <clears throat> Adam Schefter is reporting that the Washington Commanders, who have fired Ron Rivera, and they are looking for a total... You know, a total new new path. Um, have requested to interview Niners assistant GM Adam Peters. So maybe Bob Myers, from being a Bay Area guy, would would a Bay Area guy hire another Bay Area guy and Adam Peters to be the czar of the football side? What do you think of a Bob Myers Adam Peters led Commanders team? That that. That's that's very intriguing on a lot of fronts. You got to remember that, you know, it's been, they've been down for a while because Daniel Schneider has been such a tire fire and so corrupt in so many ways. But um, when Daniel Schneider bought the, the Washington Redskins, who are now the commanders, they had a huge fan base. They had they were in a lot of ways, the 49ers uh, on the East Coast. They were NFL royalty. Yeah. And and Schneider was so bad in his stewardship of that franchise that they almost like we can't even remember where they got off the off ramp, you know, but right. they hiring Bob Myers and Adam Peters would be a great start. And if I'm the 49ers, I think I would, you know, there's a cap on player salaries. There's no cap on coaches or executive salaries. If I'm Jed York, I pay Adam Peters to stay in the building and to, and promise him that he gets to be the, the guy who inherits the job from John Lynch when John Lynch, who I don't think is going to be a lifer. I think John Lynch is in it for the ring. And if the Niners got that ring, I could see him being in it for two years, three years, but within a three to five year period, Adam Peters will be taking over the 49ers and he is a Bay area guy 
who opted to come home for the opportunity to run this franchise. I think his value is significant. The 49ers are not just the deepest team in, in football uh, with star-laden talent. They also kick butt on day three of the draft and after the draft. I'm not saying he's the perfect executive, but he's a damn good one. And I think it would be a major loss for the Niners to lose him. And if I'm Jed, I I pay him what I need to pay him to keep him. Yeah. Here's the only thing I know about Adam Peters. That paycheck just added a comma and a zero. Now, whether it's a paycheck in D.C. or he stays right here, Adam Peters is about to make a lot more money in 2024 than he made in 2023. And he was very well compensated in 2023 as well. So uh, it is good to be Adam Peters. There's there's an awful lot of windfall of financial security coming to him and the rest of his family. So good on him. And he's earned it. He's really earned it. He is a part of the reason why the 49ers look and run, you know, like such a well-built organization. And I would say that he's got probably as much to do with the team you're looking at as John Lynch does. I agree. And, and uh, the commanders, according to Schefter, also have requested permission to interview Chiefs Assistant GM Mike Borgonzi uh, for their general manager position. It'll be interesting to see if the 49ers grant permission for the commanders to talk to Peters. I would imagine the typical protocol is that you do, do you for think a promotion. The enemy? What's that? Do you think that they elevate the enemy to be their next head coach? That's that's a possibility. That's a possibility. But I think overall, um, if I'm Jed, um, you know, I, I find out what Peters really wants. He still he is a relatively young man. Um, and if I was Adam Peters, I don't know that I would run to the commanders. Now it's a new commander regime uh, with Bob Myers atop the masthead. And everybody knows Bob's very, you know, uh, trustworthy and he's a very solid person. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if if uh, Myers and Peters had some relationship and that Peters would be the front runner for that job. But if I'm Jed, this is the guy that I would extend for and pay handsomely uh, to retain and just promise him that he'll be the the general manager when John Lynch uh, you know, and, and, and I could see a, a situation where John Lynch is, you know, John Lynch is a very good face of the franchise and the, the Niners had a real problem in the Harbaugh years is that they had no likable face of their franchise and John Lynch became that and has done an incredible job at restoring the Niners trust in the community and trust around the league. Um, John Lynch is, is, is held in high regard, but let's just say the Niners did climb to the top of the mountain and won that Super Bowl. John Lynch is also a family guy. And how much time these are hundred hour a week jobs and commitments that are significant. And I wonder, does John Lynch wanna do this forever? Probably not. I, I, I could see John Lynch saying, Hey, you know what? I want to win that Super Bowl. I want to achieve that goal. And then after that, maybe make John Lynch the president and make Peters the GM. Yeah. I mean, look, John Lynch is not your average bear. There's never been really anyone quite like it. How often has maybe the hardest hitter you've ever seen in your whole goddamn life been a Stanford grad? You know, I mean, he was as physical, a meathead, sticking your helmet into the solar plexus of everyone he is tackling. Like John Lynch couldn't even afford to play today. He'd be fined so much. That's how hard he hit. 
Yet he's an incredibly cerebral, intelligent, smart guy who just played like an axe murderer. He's a class act, too. He really he is. blew up Eddie George in the Pro Bowl. He can do whatever he wants, Larry. That's the thing. When <laughs> the you're Pro John Bowl. Lynch, when you're John Lynch, your options for success extend to several branches of the industry you've been dominating to the level of Hall of Fame player and now totally look at this one made guy um what do you got there oh yeah that's right bob myers and adam peters got a ucla connection too so there you go hmm, that's interesting uh shades by chardal says larry you got this all wrong myers has a role chip kelly no i'm just kidding has a role looking for new execs in dc he's keeping his job at espn on the nba <laughs> espn what me a break that's the a job thing. that he's got potentially with this franchise could be significantly bigger than the es you think bob myers wants to stay at a best western in bristol and talk to a bunch of people about basketball yeah he's he, he this guy ran his own this guy you know this guy's has bigger a bigger calling than commenting on nba regular season right what do you think espn what do you think mike wilbon is is not where it, it tops out for bob <laughs> right. myers. come on I mean, you got to be kidding me. And I like Mike Wilbon an awful lot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but Bob, look, at we the reason why Bob left the Golden State Warriors is one, he's one of the smartest cats in the jungle, and he knew that it was the right time to go. Number two, I think he realizes that his his options officially, maybe more than any other sports, go to unlimited. I mean, Bob Myers, again, is already being brought in by an NFL team to consult. Bob Myers could be an agent. He could open his own agency. When I heard one of the rumors, like, why is Bob leaving the Golden State Warriors? I heard one of the rumors was he is about to be named the president of CAA, the largest you know, agency in America in terms of talent. Like, he's going to go be Leonardo DiCaprio's agent and shit like that. Like, Bob Myers can do whatever he wants. He can go to entertainment. He can go back to the NBA. He can be a president. He can be an executive. He can be a GM. He can do everything but actually coach the game. And apparently the NFL is now viewing him in that sort of regard as well. So, But, you know, some of these teams, Damon, if you're desperate enough for a new face, you could get a piece of the pie. That's what's next on the table for Bob Myers is a right. piece of a franchise. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to be – if you really want transit, you know – you know, huge amount, transcendent wealth. You're not doing it. I mean, it depends what your what your motivations are. Look at it. I this mean, way. he's already won championships. He's already been a major agent. He's already. I mean, he he's not about the dollars. He's not about. I mean, I I think. I mean, everybody's about dollars, but he's not about dollars. He's about monster dollars. He's not about opportunity. He's about monster opportunity. You know what I'm saying? He's. He, he's not going to take a good gig or a great gig. He wants an epic gig. Right. He's going from that millionaire track to the billionaire track. Right. That's what Bob is, I think, looking for. And by the way, can he take Andrew Wiggins with him? Jesus. I hate Seriously. that guy. Okay. Seriously. So let's uh, let, let's hop into some super chats here, Larry. I see you've started about a dozen of them. What do, what do we got? What do we got? Well, some are super. Some are just comments that I wanted to throw get thrown out. They're mostly supers. Here we go. Let's we'll go run through the list. We don't, we don't care where the good comment from as long as it hits the screen. James Foster says, Commander's hiring Bob Myers for the front office. He had that one early. Thank you, James. I had to throw this one out because Susan Mayick threw this in like about seven times. 
Talk about Kinlaw. Talk about Kinlaw. Talk about Kinlaw. <laughs> Is she Susan. saying that in a positive or negative way? Because I think Kinlaw has had a, a, a good year, and he'll get a lot better when he's playing next to Eric Armstead. Yeah, I, I did a interview with Kinlaw the other day in the locker room on my YouTube channel. Go check that out. By good the way, conversation. For, for a guy who looks beefy. He's ripped. With with his shirt off, he is more rocked up than I thought. Holy mackerel! That guy has looked like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure she's saying, you know, you know, Kinlaw's terrible. Kinlaw's terrible. He made two tackles and a solo tackle yesterday. Um, he's healthy. Uh, he's in a great frame of mind. He feels like he's gonna have this is his first real go round at the playoffs as a healthy participant. Um, he's a good dude. He's a good dude, and I enjoyed talking to him. Um, and I mean, J Javon is a really good guy. I walked up to him, hey, Javon, how you doing, man? How's your, how was your holidays? It was good. How you know? How's the family? You know, good. I've got two girls, and he's like, he's like, you know, what do you have? I said, I got four kids, and he's like, girls, boys. I'm like, yeah, the oldest is a girl, and then I got three boys. I mean, we just had a very um, easy flowing conversation back and forth. Check it out; it's on my YouTube page, uh, just from last Thursday. But, you know, I mean, he, he's she, I know she's saying like he's he's he had a bad game You know, I haven't even really had the chance to watch the all 22. And I'm sure Susan is getting ready to beat him up about about uh, the fact that he didn't wasn't more productive and this and that. But well, if you do a good job stuffing Carson Wentz going up the middle, that's for sure. No, but the Rams ran 36 times and they only averaged three yards a carry. So it wasn't like the Rams were just an awesome running team all day. They had three yards of carry. I, I think Kinlaw is going to play well in the playoffs. Um, he, you know, he's healthy, and we'll see. Uh, that's really all I can say about that. Anthony says, Larry Damon, keep up the great 49er content. Random question. I like the, what does that say? What is 49er that? 49er personal sidelines, but I can't find. Oh, I think he's, he's what asking, is that? Where, where's the gear that they were getting? I like the blank on the 49er personal sidelines, but I can't hat. find it on the NFL shop. It's a hat. Basically, he's asking, where can I get that hat that the 49ers were wearing yesterday, where it was like split down the middle, and it was the the oval logo and then the 49er logo on oh, one side. Oh, I didn't see it. They, I didn't they, see it. They rolled out like a different-looking hat yesterday. I would I would imagine you can uh, click and roll on warriors.com. I, I would probably go to uh, the stadium maybe and see if I could if I could buy one during the playoffs, but, yeah. um, or take a picture of, take a picture of it and, and, um, you'll find it. You'll find it. I'm sure you go, you know, check the interwebs. Right. Uh, we, we, I know we would that's not much of an logo, answer, but we've been asked to not show logos because the flagship station's terrified of us. And by the way, Kevin Kruger, uh, did say with no specifics, but he's like, Hey guys, just want to let you know, you're the top live Bay area sports show on YouTube. Whenever you're live, like we're officially at that status. When you and I are doing this together, we have a bigger audience than 95.7 The Game and KNBR combined. Larry, congratulations. You and I are the biggest sports talk radio station in Northern California, whatever the hell that gets us. Well, all I'll say for uh, you and I is um, somebody, may, you know, people may be better, but at least we stay awake. Shades by Chardal says Laporta and Branch for leo's are you bankrupt today did you file for bankruptcy today I no i'm actually not bankrupt in fact the channel's doing quite well not morally bankrupt not financially bankrupt not sleeping not awake 
it, the show is even called Wake Up, which <laughs> could also be some good advice to other shows. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah, those shows should be called Wake the Fuck Up. Shades by Chardal, Laporta and Branch out for the Lions. Um, yeah, I saw that. I mean, I know people are saying, hey, Laporta's injury is not that bad. Go watch it. Go look at the way his knee bent and I tell me he's going to be ready. I agree. I mean, Dan Campbell said it's not as bad as it could have been, but he's it ain't done. Good. Oh, no, he's done for the year um, or unless they go to the Super Bowl. If they go to the Super Bowl, maybe they'll maybe you'll see Laporta. Otherwise, I, I fully expect Zach Ertz to sign with the Lions um, because that's where they need him right now. And Branch has been fantastic. Brian Branch. Um, but they get Cha Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, and then they lose Brian Branch all at once. Um, Stephen Draper, D'Amico is not losing to Flacco. Look at it this way. There's we, we shall see. There's a lot of people who didn't think that they'd be losing any football games to Joe Flacco, and there have been a lot of wrong people this year. So Flacco's been fantastic. D'Amico is so awesome to root for, though. You, he's such a good dude. His players love him. I mean, he's like, have you ever met a guy that's like universally liked? I mean, D'Amico is like one of the most likable guys. Well, and it's classy, so cool. he's smart, he's tough. It's so cool when a player gets to go back and coach the team that he was. This is why Dan Campbell and the Lions is, you know, kind of cool story. Um, D'Amico is it, it, like, yeah, he's very easy to root. Who's rooting against D'Amico? Nobody, right? That's the thing. There's He's got a very good Q score. Everybody likes him. This is, Larry, this is what I've always said. If you're going to be anything in life, be handsome. It's easy to root for. He's a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy. People like D'Amico Ryans. He's, he's dripping with talent and handsome. John Edwards has become a YouTube member. A little clap hey, for John. I think he's over on my channel there. So that's we'll all we can he get. Is. John, thank you very, very much, and welcome to you. Uh, what else? What else? He's Wait now part of the initiated. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Here we go. John Edwards, who just became a member. Damon and Larry, I wanted you guys to know that you didn't cause my divorce. However, your late-night shows on KMBR supplied me with a reprieve from the stresses of going home to a bad marriage. Hey, <laughs> John's had a lot of time to reflect. It sounds like John, a great show in a driveway is better than a bad marriage around a kitchen table. So thank you for listening. And thank you for, for now watching. Erwin Kwong says Kevin Kruger turning the dials. Thumbs he up, sure does, man. He sure does. Kevin Kruger kids. Uh, a hard worker. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, this one makes me laugh. Fear the Phantom. Larry and Damon, bigger in California than chips. I love chips. Potato chips? Ponch and John. No, they're talking I, about the I, TV. I, oh, I know. Oh, I wasn't sure if you. California. I know you're younger. Highway. Inter, it was California Highway Interstate Police Squad. It was what chips stand for. We got this one from Joe Salinas. I don't, I don't, I can, I cannot confirm nor deny. I, though I did go to Sac State, it was a big, uh, uh, criminal justice, um, you know, major at Sac State was CJ was big. Hello, Salinas. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Salinas. Joe Salinas, honestly, love the game, 95 7 the game. But what they did to you, Damon Bruce, was the tipping point. F corporate radio. The hosts are great, but only a matter of time. Y'all combine and do your own show together. There we go. Now we know what Jillian's burner account's name is. Jillian goes by the name of John Salinas. Thank you. <laughs> Joe Salinas. Joe, thank no, Joe, thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. Um, 
Thank you for your support. Steven Draper, Deshaun Watson beat the Ravens 33-31. All right, there you go. Groper Cleveland. I kind of think I kind of think uh Cleveland might take down the Ravens again. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh Mike Baker, DB unplugged first night with special guests was classic. So Larry, you know, I got the 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 thing here which can Change my voice around a little bit. And so Jack and Ozzy, Jack and Ozzy came and joined me for the very end of the show. And Jack loves to hear this voice. And I forgot to turn it off. So the boys leave. And then I continued doing the show for like five minutes. With a voice like this. So, you know, I, I forgot that I had turned it off and I wasn't wearing these. So I couldn't even hear myself. So... The kids leave the room, and then I'm back on it like, well, you know, Jake Moody, he missed those field goals, but I really don't think he's a bad ticker. And then someone was like, Damon, the stupid voice is still on. That that sounds like Vic Tafer a little bit. Do you know Vic Tafer? I do know Vic Tafer. Yes, I do. <laughs> that you know what I also little- think this sounds like more than anything else? Did you ever see the movie Real Genius with Val Kilmer? Yes. Okay, so they've got... They're they're playing the prank on the the guy named Ken who's like the villain in the movie, and they install like a transmitter into his 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 braces, and uh, and then at the very end they're like, Ken, this is God, <laughs> and they tell him to go to the house with the big popcorn for the finale of the movie, and then they say, Ken, stop touching yourself. And this sounds like the voice that says, Ken, stop touching yourself. Wow. And that's my official breakdown of that voice. How many well, How many different voices do you have? It's just those two? No. So there's... This is the megaphone. I can put myself on a megaphone to sound like I'm speaking to a big, large crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, please move in an orderly fashion <laughs> to your nearest exits. Thank you. Uh, that, that's, for the, that's for the uh, you know presidential... Uh, uh, you know, gathering that we're talking to lots of people here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to wake up with Damon and Larry. Please go about your day in an orderly fashion. Thank you very much. Stay to the left. Uh, uh, let's see. What else we got? We, we got this. This is very similar to this. So I don't know much of a difference between that one and this one and this one. And then the other one. There's this, Larry. It makes me sound like I'm a robot. That's kind of fun. The kids like this one. That's too. annoying. Now that one's annoying. And then there's this one, which makes me sound like a robot, but on weed. <laughs> Damon, Damon, uh, you know, he got he, he got hit by lightning last night, and he's not. It's unbelievable what it's changed. He got hit by lightning as he was on a bike last night, and now Damon, he sounds like this. So, can we hear it again? Oh man, I got caught in the spokes last night. <laughs> and it hurt. And then if I really, you know, some people say, you know, Damon and Larry, it's nice that you can talk without any FCC regulations over you, but all the swearing that you have on your show. Well, all I can say to that is. (laughs) Oh, that is sweet. There you go. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, We got another super here from Danny Crinkle. He says, sup, guys. Sup. Sup, Danny. Sup, crank? Sup, crank? Where you at? 
He says, do kickers face distractions at practice to simulate game time pressure, or are they allowed to just kick in comfort? Maybe that's it. I'll go to practice this week and just be like, you suck. You sh- you'll never make it. You're never going to be up. <laughs> just start heckling the guy from the sideline. And as they, as they go to take me off the sideline, guys, I'm just trying to simulate some pressure for the kicker. Can you guys, is that okay? No. Wheeled away in a Hannibal Lecter mask, you crazy <laughs> member of the media. <clears throat> I'm actually, I really want to see you guys do well. I'm just trying to simulate game time pressure. <laughs> you hold up your phone. <clears throat> Excuse me. You hold up your phone. Thought you were doing another voice there. You hold up your phone and it's got Robbie Gold on the top of it. And you just, you have your number on the about to call. <laughs> As soon as he misses one, you push dial. <laughs> as soon as he misses a practice kick, you call Robbie Gold. And you put Robbie, Robbie wouldn't have missed. Put Robbie on speakerphone. Robbie, did you hear that? Should we FaceTime you all these misses? What are you doing? Robbie's here, and he says he's willing to come back. <laughs> Robbie Gold says you suck at this. I'm um, getting a little giddy as we uh, get a little punchy as we're going overtime today. Barry Ford says, sorry, guys, just tuning in day job in the way. What? He says, not upset at all with the loss to the Rams, other than concerns about our kicking game. I think Barry represents kind of the masses today. Yeah. I think that's pretty much I think Barry, I think that kind of opinion pretty much is the opinion of the majority. Barry checks in with the majority opinion today. Based on that uh, avatar, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for your service. Uh, Bazzy Mion, thoughts on the commies interviewing Adam Peters for GM? Well, we already kind of hit that. I say pay him. Pay him. Pay him. There's no cap. You know, it's one thing to say, well, I can't. We can't pay this guy. We got a cap. There is no cap. So if Adam Peters is really good and helps you find great undrafted players and he's a major key to what you do personnel wise, then pay him, pay him the extra coin. He's from Cupertino. He probably, we know he wants to be the GM of the Niners or how about this? How about give him the title of of GM? Give him the title. You know, whether, whether, you know, Lynch is a president or a GM, whether, um, you know, Peters is the GM or director of player personnel. It doesn't change the fact that those two guys are working together for the greater good of the Niner personnel. So move around the titles, move around the money, make it all work. Right. Come on, Jed. The NFL's got money over money over money. The, the reason that the Niners were able to kiss off Tom Sula, Harbaugh, and Chip Kelly and all those assistant coaches is the hundreds of millions of dollars that each team gets on an annual basis as part of the the collective NFL fund. Take some of that money and spend it on Adam Peters. Why not? Look, whatever whatever title you need to be happy, you know, John Lynch has got a title that overruns everything. Right. I mean, you're going to work together anyway, right? He's a Hall of Famer. That can be his new title. This is our Hall of Famer who hangs out with our GM, and this is our coach, and he's the Hall of Famer, and he's the – it doesn't matter. These guys got something good together, and if you pay him enough, they should stay together. I mean, if you lo- if you really love being in the Bay and you love winning, if I'm – you know, let's just be honest about this. What do you need to win? You need talent. You need the quarterback. 
And the Niners have the window opening with Brock Purdy here where they've got a 24-year-old franchise quarterback. If you're sprinting away from a 24-year-old franchise quarterback and living in the area of the country that you grew up in and enjoy for, hey, it's on my ledger now instead of John's, I don't know. To me, you know, be careful what you wish for. You might be Rand Carthon in Tennessee looking at, um, you know, a nice week 18 win and staying home for the playoffs. I mean, it's going to take a while for the commanders to get up. They don't have a, they don't have a franchise quarterback. Um, and who knows if they're going to be able to find one. Ricky Williams says CJ Stroud happy for Ryan's to have the, his franchise guy. I'm rooting for the Texans. Wouldn't be surprised to see them in the divisional round. I would be, I think Cleveland's good. I really do. Yeah. How's Pelly? Larry, what'd you think of Womack's play? He had tight coverage, just didn't get his head around. I like Womack. I'm a believer in Womack. I talked to him Thursday in the locker room. Well, Luter got um, cooked on one play, right? The long pass is, I thought that was Luter who gave that up. Yeah, but Womack got beat on the touchdown where he had coverage draped all over the guy, but the, still they got it in there. I thought, or was it he got beat on a pass that led to the touchdown? I got to do my rewatch again. No, you don't. No, I like Larry. You don't. I'm going to absolve you from any rewatching of Week 18 meaningless game. You do not need to rewatch that. Well, not. Well, no, the thing is, I haven't. Here's the thing: I haven't seen Womack. I haven't seen Luter. None of us really have. I mean, we have to. I mean, I've just got to get a feel for for those guys. But those guys: Womack, Luter, Jair, Lenore, Ambry. Those five young DBs are have to play and have to play well, or the Niners aren't going to the winner's circle. So hopefully they do. And we got this one. John Edwards has become a YouTube member. You, John, we, got that. we got him through the divorce in the driveway. We're happy. Okay. The Shaw says, you guys are running the marathon today. This is great. Thank you. Clarence Molina, 34 days of focus to number six. Need Armstead to win the Super Bowl. Oh, they definitely need Armstead to win the Super Bowl. You know what was interesting, though? This uh, super chat brings up, uh, reminds me of Dante Whitner on NBC Sports Bay Area said that, you know, now it's time for them to, like, commit to each other and really focus, and that if they do, they'll be on top, and if they don't, they won't be. And he referenced his Harbaugh team that obviously lost the Super Bowl in New Orleans and said that if they had had better focus, they would have won. I thought that was interesting. You know, it's, um, it's interesting. I wonder how much of that, though, is really revisionist history because I haven't heard anyone else but Dante Whitner talk about an unfocused week leading up to that Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, you had the Culliver's statement about the, you know, about what, gays in the locker room or something like that that took the 49ers and put them on a, a, a page of the sports section, or that was out of the sports section. Well, that right there, though, distracted from the focus. So, I mean, that, he could be referencing that exactly. Maybe that was it. I don't know. But, I mean, to me, that was a Super Bowl lost at the goal line with terrible play calling more than it was a lack of focus. So, yeah. I was Harbaugh stepping on his you-know-what and calling a timeout when, you know, you got an old defense on the end of a long drive. If you go back, you know, I was so disgusted watching before Niners Ravens. They had that on the NFL Network, and I had never watched that since, like, the day after the game, right? Right. So I'm like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. You and I sat next to each other in that game. 
Um, that loss was disgusting because the Ravens were cooked. They could not chase down Kaepernick. They could not chase down anything, any movement at all, and they were totally done. And that Kaepernick play where he rolls right on second and goal, he could have run that thing in himself. He could have run that thing to the two-yard line with no problems. And instead, he rolled, drifted right, drifted right, drifted right, threw a rocket that ricocheted off Crabtree's pads. Man, if he runs right there, he scores. You want to talk about the real sin of the that entire sequence, though? First and goal, LaMichael James touch. What? That was because Gore had the long run to get down there, but that's overthinking it. Overthinking. Exactly. What's the old the old saying is no matter how many carries you've had today, if you're running back, you always got to have one more in you. No matter no matter how many carries you have had, the answer is there's one more to go. And we so. saw Frank Gore that night, and we saw Frank Gore that morning. We saw him in the locker room. We saw him the next day. That game meant everything to Frank Gore. And the fact that Michael James got a carry on first and goal from the five. You know, it was it was one of those things where if you watch it again, you realize that the Niners got from, I think, their own 10 to the Raven five so easily and with so much time left that I think they they thought scoring was a foregone conclusion and they lost their focus. They lost their edge. They lost the game. Um, <clears throat> Barry Ford says, you both remind me what I loved about radio. <laughs> well, thank you. Past tense. Past days. You know, he even says in here in parentheses, past tense. Thank you, yeah. Barry. Hey, we, hey and, and here's the thing. The reason, hopefully, why we did that is because Larry and I, we both loved radio. We gave our lives to that industry. And when it was time for radio to love us back, it didn't. So now we're dating. <laughs> <laughs> Bazzi Mian says, Hargrave said on Eric's podcast that the Niners run practice very hard compared to Philadelphia. Like it's a war every day. Said Kyle is like Pat Riley in style. Good. There you go. Hey, it, it's the I old like day. to hear that. That's something yeah. I like to hear. The, the game should be easy compared to this practice. Yep. And the last super here is from Steven Draper. He says, no Debo touches in the fourth equals loss in the Super Bowl and NFC Championship game. Yeah, get Debo the ball. And, you know, it's funny. Um, I had um, I was doing the pregame with Lo Neal yesterday, and I gave him in the final segment, Damon, my keys to the 49ers winning the Super Bowl and success in the playoffs. And here are my five keys. Brock Purdy has to avoid interceptions. He's thrown nine in, in their four in four losses that he played. The health of Dre Greenlaw and Eric Armstead. The young DBs have to play with poise. Brown, Lenore, Ambry, Womack, Luter. The O-line has to avoid penalties and play well. And the last but not least key to success in the playoffs for the Niners, CMC, Debo, and Ayuk need to touch the ball a lot. A lot. You didn't have Nick Moody or calling Robbie Gold on your list, so that's no, good. I didn't. 
I that's good. That's good. I, 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 Again, at that point, no I was just trusting Nick, uh, no trusting Jake him. Moody. Jake there was Moody. no doubt about him until yesterday created a little room for doubt. And the Niners fans and will we'll run to room for doubt. It's what we do in sports these days. But, Larry, I need to start running to the bathroom before I go and run my own show that begins at 11 a.m. Uh, on my channel. So that's where we are. Uh, I want to thank you and your pimple for gutting it out today. This is a great show. Again, we recap the entire year. We thank so many people for riding with us throughout the entire year here on 49ers Wake Up. Oh, no, don't call it that. We'll, we'll get to see some. Oh, on, on, yeah. on wake Up with Damon and Larry. Wake Up, sleepy hosts. Wake Up. Uh, Niners fans, you are in the playoffs. It doesn't get much better than this. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. The stakes are huge. Absolutely huge for all involved. Um, and thank you for being with us. My back teeth are officially floating. So I'm just going to say, Larry, uh, I, I wrote down, I wrote down one word. It was, it was take a leak. And <laughs> do that. No, but look, uh, this is Super Bowl. I put it in an envelope. I wrote down the word Super Bowl. Ralph, do you think the 49ers win a Super Bowl? By the way, the Jaguars. Not going to the Super Bowl this year. Trent, you're so cute. You wrote down names in an envelope, and you and you said AJ Jenkins, and I told Tom, and I told Tate, if AJ Jenkins is worth a damn, I will buy every single person in this chat in a meat cheese, and I and it's gonna be extra cheese, extra garlic. And I told Tom, you know, Trent's so cute. He writes things down in an envelope. Who even uses envelopes anymore? Trent, you're amazing. And all I'll say is, I wrote in an envelope, Jake Moody, make a fucking kick. Please, please, come on, do it for me. Do it for Kate. Do it for me, cheese. Please, please.